Perfect. Hello, everyone. It's episode 327 of the official podcast today. We're joined by a very special repeat guest. He's been here before. This is a man who's done uh, exceptional hard-hitting journalism over here in Australia. He's uh, drawn the ire of politicians and gambling corporations alike. He's, he's pretty much public enemy number one at this point. Uh, you, you probably know him by now because Charlie's done a few videos on him. He goes by the alias Friendly Geordies to avoid identification. <laughs> Jordan, how's it going, man? <laughs> <laughs> so he docks you like that. Like yeah, 10 I mean... years ruined. <laughs> yeah. How's it going, man? How are you going? Yeah, it's going, it's going very well. Thank you, boys, for having me back. No, um, our pleasure. All it takes to get you back is is a firebombing, it appears. Then we're like, okay, that's interesting enough. Let's I'm just back on. Yeah, I'm yeah. personally just happy you're still around to come back, honestly, <laughs> yeah. after everything that's happened. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm happy about, though, Charlie? Honestly. Well, I'm going to thank you, you so much for doing that video because it was the first time in 10 years that I saw a piece of media about me and was like, holy hell, I'm not being shat on. <laughs> that was, that was that's incomprehensible to me as well like i couldn't imagine the work you do and then having complete radio silence in your area that is so <laughs> fucked that whole situation is beyond like corrupt it's so blatant too and this was a question i asked stream but i, I guess i'll just off rip ask you because i'm very curious in your community i imagine most of like the like average person is very supportive of you right if I left my house, I'd probably have a better indication, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting the general sense that this is exactly what, what, uh, actually when this all started really kicking in, my lawyer started pointing out, which was you look at the headlines and every day it's just like, I don't know, friendly Geordies uh, in racist tirades, something like that. And then you look at all the comments at the bottom and it's all these tradies just being like, yeah, give it to them, Geordies. And I just <laughs> don't look at the comments and I just look at the headline and I'm just like, oh God, it's happening again. <laughs> like I have to imagine because what you provide is completely invaluable like to a community. I couldn't imagine a normal person seeing those headlines and then like actually looking at it and being like, wow, this is a bad guy. Because, like, if you just look at the headlines, you look like a fucking menace. But anyone that takes even a second beyond that, it's like, wow, this guy is a hero. So I just, I was curious if you've seen it in your day-to-day -day life where there's this huge disconnect between, like, the media portrayal of you and what people, like, in your immediate area, immediate area view you as. I just, the, the thing is, though, you would imagine that, I don't know if you guys have experienced this. Like, has anyone ever just walked up to you in the street and was just like, hey, you're moist critical. Just let, just let you know, I fucking hate you. All right, have a good day and then just leave. Like, no one ever does that, right? Like, it's only ever fans that come up, surely. Yeah, I, I feel like if I'm they were going to do that whole, like, the hate route, you've got, like, a like they come up to you to display their hatred of you, you're, you've got a bigger problem. That's not, like, a situation that's going to be, like, pleasantly exchanged where they just tell yeah. you that they hate you. Um, yeah, I think there's just, there's Reddit for that. <laughs> normally <laughs> normally i think when people just come up to you uh yeah they're, they're usually like very complimentary but yeah i think that that is the massive thing that's been a huge shift and uh i'm sure it's just happening globally but i think that most people are pretty savvy about how the press operates these days uh, i don't think that, people our yeah. age uh, yeah 
people our age maybe <laughs> like maybe. i have no hope for like the older generations like people in their probably like 40s beyond maybe this is a thing because you're in the city and i'm in a uh, retirement village basically but everyone around here is like pretty heavily indoctrinated by the media i would say like pretty engaged with the media you could see the same for yeah the all right yeah fair that actually does sound about right but it was just it was honestly incredible to me that you charlie someone who's just on the other side of the planet uh can just pick it up look at the story and then just like from my point of view anyway just like yeah get it that's phenomenal oh, yeah. i'm just I mean, not you used do to it i work, guess man. that's it yeah well thanks man but yeah it was just like it really was this weird moment of oh there's actual like normal rational human beings in the world that can like look beyond the headline in florida uh, so of yeah. all places as well which is fucking <laughs> hey, man, i'm telling you florida give us five to six years we're going to be breeding super geniuses down here we're only getting smarter <laughs> what's the that's deal with that what it's because yeah. all the dumb people are dying off in the swamps from alligator attacks hey, Hey, or bath salt related it, incidents. As soon as bath salts like stop, you know, taking its foothold on the youth, we are going to really <laughs> pop off. We're going to be the next evolution. Yeah, it's coming. I, I believe it. Um, Sydney, Sydney's a shithole, right? Jordy's. We were t- talking about this before, before the um, before the podcast started. Can you give me an idea as someone who's never ventured outside? I've been to Sydney. I've been in in the CBD uh, as a tourist. I would say someone who's like. Uh, picked and, and chosen the best spots of Sydney to kind of, you know, enjoy. But as someone who lives there, what's the daily situation like there? Well, bef- at, at least when you could also go outside. Like, is it as crime riddled as <laughs> you've led me to believe through your content? No, it's not like... Look, actually, this is a very interesting point about Sydney. Uh, there is a book that I can't remember the name of, but it was this uh, journalist that just goes around and he documents organized crime webs across the planet. And he was saying Sydney is the best place on planet Earth to do organized crime. Now, oh, it's a paradise then. Yeah. If well, wait, why are you so negative about it? Those construction businesses. <laughs> hey. Because I'm yeah, not right. in on the scheme. That's why. It's annoying. Yeah, this just sounds like jealousy. That's your entire YouTube content now in my brain. It's just jealousy. He didn't get to get in with the organized crime mob, so now he's bitter about <laughs> it's it. It's the only reason he's making all of his videos. Just he wants an action, but he won't get it. Firebomb my house, will ya? Oh, wait until I really get in on the mix here. <laughs> I can't believe that that's not even an option though like you could have tried bribing first did you have to go there <laughs> yeah, you were just so unlikable that bribing didn't even cross their brain <laughs> that's, that's such a good point yeah they could have started with like a branch like hey how does money sound but instead it's right to fucking terrorism <laughs> alright so actually we, have we really like, given have we really given context for like what like the elements surrounding the firebombing, like friendly Geordie's uh, Jordan here. He he's basically like a political online journalist over here in Australia, Australia, <clears throat> and he's done some like as Charlie said, some terrific uh, pieces about a whole bunch of different uh, elements in Australia that are basically corrupt, from like the the New South Wales government, uh, gambling corporations like clubs, New South Wales, even like the military and military crimes and stuff like that. So there's a lot of people, uh, who I think it's fair to say dislike 
Jordan, friendly Geordies here. Um, so earlier this, it was this year, right? Still this year? No, it was last year. I keep forgetting we're in 2023 as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, time is a foreign concept. But recently, <laughs> recently, uh, Jordan's house was firebombed, essentially. So someone uh, tried to torch him alive. <laughs> Luckily, Jordan was not there at the time. Um, so Yeah, because I forgot my house keys. That's why. Yeah, that is that is exceedingly lucky. I mean, unlucky that your house got <laughs> burnt to a crisp, but still, I, I like to look at the silver linings and things, uh, and you not yeah. being there is probably a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he got firebombed. <laughs> like, what, do you remember when you found out? Is it like a memory that's printed in your brain? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I usually just... <laughs> I usually just wake up at the, uh, you know, time that... Um, <laughs> It's 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 only for unemployed people and YouTubers, isn't it? Waking up at eleven a.m. Yeah, uh, that's usually yeah. the time that I wake. Right, I wake up. There's fifty messages on my phone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fifty messages, because like, dude, and I've got that very divorced dad life as well. I, I sleep in my office a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was there. Then uh, Christo, my producer, was just slamming on the door. And I was just like, fuck, you're keen to film today. And I open it up. And then he says, oh, yeah, awfully sorry about your house burning down. That's how I found out. That's a pretty (laughs) jovial way of finding out. Did he just assume that you already knew? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) And uh, both of us, our eyes lit up. And then we thought, wow, that's... uh, better than doing another KFC review. I think that'll get more views and we're all happy about it and uh, happy days. That was pretty... And then we just... I opened it up. I opened up my uh, email, uh, you know, just messages, blah, 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 Jordan's house firebombed, then went to the press and then the press's tagline the entire day was, uh, it's it's a wonder it took so long for this to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not just that. You've left out like a what I find to be one of the most heinous things that happened that day. When this happened, they made sure to print his fucking address. In the press, yeah. they printed his goddamn yeah. address, literally doxing him. It's yeah. a public interest. That fire could have spread. The people needed to know to avoid that address. Well, just right? to just to clear up any confusion then, Jordy's, what's your current address, just so we're sure? <laughs> yeah, we need to get to know you better. Well, true journalistic duty would have been a headline <laughs> saying, don't worry, everyone, he's safe at his office at so-and-so street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah where's the hard-digging journal? You know, you know what the on? amazing thing was? It wasn't just the address, but also the fact that <laughs> Seven News was saying, friendly Geordies who lives in this house in Bondi around in this bedroom here. And then points <laughs> an arrow just to say, like, they missed the first time by firebombing the neighbour. By so You went for the front door, but he's, he sleeps in the back, guys. So Usually if you want to do his time right We here. were able to get yeah. a clear sight line by climbing this tree over here. <laughs> yeah. Easiest access point right here through this window. It was incredible. Do you remember those old documentaries that used to be on like the Discovery Channel or something where they'd just be like, you know, I don't, I don't know, talking about America's uh, tough anti-terrorism regime, making sure that freight trains can't be blown up. And then they'd point <laughs> out things just being like, except this weak spot in Ohio <laughs> right here. <laughs> Do that stuff. Yeah. It's a staple of theirs. I don't know why. Yeah, it was incredible. But like, yeah, I I truly, that was just remarkable. 
Um, I went to the press council to complain about it, and as usual, they just told me to fuck off, but I thought it was worth a try. <laughs> so you've, you've uh, individually pinpointed a whole bunch of suspects, let's say, uh, but I can't help but notice you didn't pinpoint journalists. What if they firebombed you for the content? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not ruling it out, man. I don't know, man. It's just like they seem extremely precious when I criticize their work. I don't think they've got it in them. Uh, uh, you know that, you know that guy. Uh, you 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 uh, Yanks wouldn't know this guy, but uh, Jackson, do you know Spanion here? I keep telling you, I don't watch Australian content other than you. <laughs> yeah, There's no way mind. I would know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just he's <laughs> like a crim. He's Sorry, what? but yeah, he's he's a crim. Uh, and he got out of jail after being in jail for 17 years or whatever, and now he's probably one of the biggest YouTubers in Australia. Spanish. And uh, he always said something that really... It, it's, it's like it really shows the difference in the mentality of somebody who lives in the underworld and breathes it. He was saying, all these people online, they're always telling me, Oh, you're not tough. I could beat you in a fight. I've seen you do MMA. You're not that good at it. I was like, bruh, yeah, let's go fight. But I'm just going to stab you, you know? Like, can you stab me? Can you rip my guts out with a knife? It's a different level, bro. <laughs> you know, this... <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's that level. Yeah. The average person is always just thinking, oh, okay, I'll just tit for tat and all this kind of stuff. But there's other people out there that when you do a video on them, they don't respond in a YouTube beef. They burn your house down. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, definitely. Like Especially a, when you're yeah. getting to the level of like organized crime and yeah. people whose entire lives are based off organized crime. Just but, out yeah. of curiosity, uh, does he post that content on YouTube where he's like, oh, you think you can give me in a fight? I'll rip your fucking guts out? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, man, <laughs> I, like, shit, I've got a YouTube rabbit hole for you, my friend. That guy. And also, this is the other thing as well. I think it's just because we're like a country of convicts, but like we immediately yeah. were just like, that's a national hero. You know? Wow. Oh, so he, uh, he's, this guy's well-liked. He's not like a villain. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, but like, you know this about Australia, right? I don't know. Yeah, Like one of our biggest heroes in Australia is Ned Kelly. Yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. a bank robber. Uh, who's another one? We've got... Uh, Ah, uh, yeah, Chopper Reed. Yeah. He's just yeah, another mob right. underworld guy. Like <laughs> we just right. we love crims. We yeah, love we do. Them. Yeah, even like Is even that... like the the bikey gangs and stuff aren't looked at too badly. Yeah, I know it's you, you guys are so <laughs> fucking <laughs> adorable. You love crims from your bikey gangs. Wait, <laughs> no, so no way. Do you actually call them bikey gangs? Yeah. Oh fuck. <laughs> Charlie, you, you watch their videos. They call fucking uh, slot machines pokies. Yeah, but I mean, in back, like, I can almost rationalize that bikey is like longer than just saying biker. You could just say biker gang. <laughs> but that's how yeah. much we like the bikeys. We give them cute little names. They're like, oh my god, cute little chihuahuas, so basically. That is actually adorable. Holy shit. You guys are so cute. <laughs> this is so harmless. Yeah, but the, so, is that okay. a thing in America, though? Like, yeah. Yeah, it is. They don't. They are, are don't criminals... stop giving me shit about this. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah, they hate the Australian lexicon. Oh no, not the lexicon. Uh, just a thing of like, it, you know, like a, a mafia bosses and stuff from back in the day looked upon with pride and like, yes. a, you know, he built a children's hospital. So oh yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Uh, we idolize gangsters as just super cool and super badass. 
Yeah, but I think Jordy's is talking about like on an individual level, right? Not just like gangster as a, a term or a like concept. an attitude. Yeah. yeah. So um, what's, his, what's his name? Al Capone was a yeah, huge actually, yeah, Al Capone's folklore a good hero. Example. Yeah. Um, yeah Al Capone. Oh, was so a, he's a folklore hero. Yeah. Pretty much. But he was, but he was a really That's... horrible, horrible man who did terrible things and was a straight up gangster. But amongst the people, at least you know, not everyone, but there was a really strong image of oh, he's just. A cool guy going around the law, doing what he wants, helping the community. Here's a good example. What about Jerry Seinfeld? He's he's loved. What? He's not a he's not a mobster or anything. But Wait, he, what did, he's what did his what wife did was like? What? His <laughs> wife, what? His wife was like not a wife, but he had a girlfriend who was like 17 when he was like 50, right? Uh huh. Did know. he? Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, you you guys don't know that. What do you mean and? He's, basically, he's a criminal and people love him, right? Well, let's get well, a stronger a example of that same concept. Leonardo DiCaprio is super He old. doesn't bang 17-year-olds. He, he's respectable enough to go 18 and above, I think. True, but it's the same thing where he's super old and has a super young girlfriend, but, like, he's idolized and everyone loves him. I don't know. I, I mean, not really. People give... I feel like people give Leonardo DiCaprio more shit than they ever gave Jerry Seinfeld. I don't think that's remotely true. Does anyone I else think Jackson's want to weigh absolutely right on that. DiCaprio gets dunked on all the time way on Twitter more, because he, yeah, because he dates twenty-year-olds. Okay, that's yeah, fair. Not even twenty-year-olds. He gives them shit when he dates like twenty-two-year-old supermodels, and it's always this bitter, resentful female audience mm. in the replies. It's like you have to pick. Like you can't have this in-between age range of women where they're like eighteen to twenty-five. And they're technically they're adults, but you're also acting as if they are like literal infants. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I'll go with that. I was thinking more in terms of in general. I would think Jerry Seinfeld in general gets shit on more. I don't see anyone shit on Jerry Seinfeld. No. I'll tell you right now. I haven't okay. seen it. I could be completely wrong. That's fine. Plus, to be fair, this is, I, I guess this is like white collar crime. It's not really like mobster stuff, really. If he Well, if he was a mobster, people would love <laughs> him for it. Crime. They'd praise it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I, definitely. That's something that I've talked about on the podcast before is like, I feel like murder in general isn't looked upon f like, um, I don't know, negatively enough. Like people kind of like <laughs> idolize murderers a lot of the times, which is super weird to me. Um, that is weird. Yeah, I, I don't get I don't get why that should be like the absolute worst thing you could possibly do to another person. You're snuffing out a life, right? It's like you can't get much worse than that. But, like, then there's, like, people rationalize murder a lot. Like, well, he didn't mean it. Or, well, it was an accident, <laughs> right? Or, uh, well, he's good now. It's like you, yeah. you murdered someone. Or, well, well he it depends was on the murder. It depends on the murder. Like, there's that video, well, he, that famous <sighs> video of the dad, like, shooting a guy at the airport who was molesting mm -hmm. his son. And that guy didn't even yeah, yeah, I mean, serve a single day in prison, as far that. as I can, uh, I can remember. But then you have people like... You know, that famous cartel hitman who's like going around bragging how he used to be either Pablo Escobar's or like El Chapo's hitman is bragging like, yeah, I killed 57 people. It's like, OK, why are we giving the scumbag interviews? Just fucking kill him. It's probably because <laughs> it's probably because since murder is That's such it. a straightforward crime, it's very rationalizable. So, you I know, guess, you, have, yeah. you have a lot of circumstances where you can say, well, yeah, I'd kill him, too. I'd commit murder. Yeah, that guy deserved to die. Yeah, I would actually think that yeah. rape is in many instances a far greater offense to a human being. I mean, 
Yeah. And I have to also keep in mind Hollywood is this shit was so normal for them. Especially back what, in the day. I remember no rape. Uh, just having sex oh, with minors. Right. Remember Roman Polanski, the guy who like ass fucked oh, the thirteen year olds? Yeah. Mm. He received a yeah. standing ovation when he was literally on the run and he couldn't accept an award. The people in the, like all the Hollywood celebrities in the room stood up and gave him a standing ovation. Back in well, the he day. made a good movie, right? What did he? What did he make? <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you what he won for. Jackson is making a strong point. He did yeah, earn the standing did, ovation. But but Kaya, he can murder someone and get away with it. Kaya's example also even throws fire into that same argument because if you have people who say yeah I murdered that person you have a whole narrative around it that can explain it but if someone says yeah I raped that person it's like is there really a <laughs> circumstance where that's the right course of action yeah <laughs> no, no that's yeah, a really right. good point yeah. you can't really kind of rationalize it at all you'd be surprised yeah. you'd be surprised Wait, I, I'm another, talking another in general actor. though on the whole Another actor who got away with murder is Matthew Broderick, right? And that was pretty recent. That was lo a long time ago. Is that the one where he killed two people in a car accident? Yeah, was drunk and then, driving. That was a long they died, time ago. That was a very long time ago. They absolutely died. He murdered two people. And, like, yeah, got in away a car accident. And I think it was in the 90s. I, okay, Eight, technically, unless he yeah. intended to drive into them like an assassin, that's not murder. That's manslaughter, which is it's funny because that sounds so much worse than murder. I would argue that getting behind the wheel drunk is kind of like murder. I, I don't think it's an accident in that case. You're putting yourself in a position where that happens, right? Yeah, you could make that argument. I agree. Um, yeah, where were we, Jordan? <laughs> Ethics uh, of murder. Famous, famous Nazis. <laughs> yeah. We're discussing it, just being like, yeah, I could kill a guy. Was that, was that the juice? Yeah, Jordan's like backing out of the room slowly. He's like, I don't want to get caught up in this. <laughs> it was very interesting, though. I didn't realize that uh, Jerry Seinfeld was controversial at all. I, I think either. it's just because I live in his peak time. It's My entire life is the 90s. I can't believe I'm a YouTuber. It's just like I, I read newspapers all day. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty amazing. Yeah, YouTubers would never be able to get away with the stuff that uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Matthew Broderick pulled, I don't think. Well, well actually, yeah, you can't. <laughs> I don't know. I was just going to say that you can't get away with a quote unquote bad take these days. Like that's yeah. enough to destroy your life. <laughs> oh, these are technically I mean, against your firebombed. He'll get way more shit for his old show Seinfeld being offensive than he ever will for like dating dating minors. That's completely true. Yeah, completely really? fucking true. Well, yeah, one hundred percent. People know. I, did none of you know about? Jerry Seinfeld dating that 17 year old? Was it just me? Nay. Yeah, again, I no, did. I but didn't know it's, that. It's not something that springs to your mind at the top of your head because, again, he gets like zero shit for this. Well, I don't know. The, the, he's the first thing I thought of when you started talking about organized crime and mobsters. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That is, it's very, it's a very wholesome thing, though, isn't it? Like, it's just like, yeah, Australia's national heroes, Ned Kelly, this gangster from Melbourne that used to chop people up and, like, uh, you know, dissolve them in lime. And then in America, it's like, well, we've got badasses too. Jerry Seinfeld dated much younger himself. <laughs> well, to be fair, that was, that was an Australian's take on the situation. That was my insertion. What do you think? Andrew, you think murder's cool? Check out this guy. He doesn't play by the rules. He did crack. <laughs> uh, Andrew did have a good one with Al Capone. I think that, yeah. that is a pretty... Another, pretty one, another one I thought of um, from a different culture, but the same idea is how it's just a widespread thing. The Yakuza in general. 
are are seen as cool badasses who don't play by the rules. They have an entire long-running video game series that's super high-selling in both the West and in Japan that just shows nothing but how they help the community and they beat up thugs and they do the right thing and and in real life they're fucking human traffickers and perform a whole lot of horrible <laughs> yes. horrible yeah, things. Do they, do they get royalties from the game? <laughs> like for licensing their name so. or something. <laughs> 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 I think the idea oh, is that because yeah, term? Huh? Yeah, Yakuza just, is the name of the game. It's just a term. Oh, is it? Wait, so yeah, they are, like do a, they own the name or is it just a term? Is yeah, it like trademarked? It, it's Gangster. just a. Yeah, could they copyright it and make fucking bank off of it? <laughs> <laughs> it, it? It's just a name like Gangster. It's it's the same yeah, kind okay, of idea. Okay. Um, but right. but I think the idea of criminals being romanticized or portrayed as superheroes is not an uncommon idea in a ton of cultures. It's just. No, you're right. It just is. I'll tell you why. why. Well, like, why? okay, look, to be fair to Ned Kelly, he kind of was uh, a Robin Hood. If you guys have ever seen him, he's the guy that has the tin bucket head, helmet, yeah. bucket head thing on his head. You might have seen him. I don't know. Uh, so that's why he has it. And I was thinking that that might be... I don't know too much about the Yakuza, and maybe I am just falling for this video games propaganda. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I think back in the day, kind of like in Reconstruction times and before, were mm -hmm. they sort of like a community police so, when government services weren't really there because that's sort of how the mafia started right it was it yeah. was a bit just like officials just like do not help the community at all. Yeah. very well very very often it's not entirely untrue very often the organized crime is how you get around what people consider unfair governing for example the mafia gained a shitload of power during prohibition because it was like, oh, the government says we can't have alcohol. And the mafia says, here's your alcohol. And I wonder which one people are going to like more. The Yakuza, uh, from my very limited knowledge just on Wikipedia and shit, were very active during the reconstruction after the major earthquake and uh, possibly the tsunami as well. Because after those things, the government will go, okay, let's pass order number 672 to rebuild this road. Oh, uh, does the first house agree to do this? Uh, but the second house is lenient because it might cost too much, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, while they were arguing, the Yakuza were out there building the fucking road. Here you go. You need a road. Yeah, but it's mostly PR because every crime organization does right. this. ISIS claims the same thing, that they keep the local law and help people. So do the cartels. Remember how charitable Pablo Escobar was, you know, to the tune of millions and millions, but he was also bombing planes. <laughs> I don't think, it, yeah, I don't think it's one way or the other. You know, I'm not saying, oh, the Yakuza and the gangsters are Robin Hood and they really do more than the government, nor is it they're the worst fucking, like, pure malicious organization ever. It's all just an organization. You know, there's bad parts of it, good parts of it, and probably with these, bad parts outweigh for sure. But it's not to completely dismiss that they do provide a service to the community. <laughs> I wish our gangsters surprised to service. I think all ours do is just make ice and make yeah. apartments cost a lot of money. Yeah. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go back, That's all back we to the days of having good role models in our villains or in our criminals. Yeah, we we need can you get to back to the days of being really fat and wearing a white suit and sitting in an old time mum and pup <laughs> spaghetti house? <laughs> just in the corner like something classy like that i'm sick of them always flat this is the other thing as well when there's uh, like what i was just saying to you guys then there seems to be a lot of gangsters down here and i'm not going to say their names because i'm in enough trouble but 
they're trying to be YouTubers. They're trying to be like gangster rappers and they're coming up on stage. They, they, they want the fame and it's just like, this is cheap, guys. You should be the guy with the little hat on that's like, don't film me, you know? That guy was, <laughs> he had some dignity. Yeah. It's kind of changed yeah. now. The guy who's kind of like exported from America, right? Like the, the SoundCloud rapping scene and stuff like that. I feel like that what? comes from America. I don't yeah, think so at all. <laughs> Where does it come that? from then? I, yeah, I don't. It definitely comes from you. I I don't think your you Australian mobster YouTubers are coming from SoundCloud rappers in in America. Well, no, it's it's the it's the. That's <laughs> nah, all your fault, guys. It's the scene. It's what the, it's the scene promotes. Well, I guess SoundCloud rapping itself came from like rapping in general. Rapping. I'm not trying to say rapping is bad or anything like that. I, I like uh, hip hop and stuff, but like it does it does kind of like promote that scene, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you're acting as if this is controversial to say. Yeah, most of it fucking sucks, and a lot of it is just, I killed this well, I person, that. and I fucked this bitch, I raped this hoe, I make money as a gangbanger, and yeah. But I don't think you can blame that for, like, I don't know, thugs in Germany shanking someone and mugging them. Why? Everyone watches American media and stuff. It's like... The biggest, but it's, uh, but it's not an American. Yeah. But it's not an American-centric thing. Thug culture is universal. There's always yeah. going to be crowds that oh, yeah. idolize saying, having money hey, and violence and all that shit. It's not just American. I'm not saying like crime didn't exist five I think years saying. ago. Yeah, I'm saying that the attitude of crime at the moment, like what Geordie's was saying, is like the, these wannabe YouTubers and wannabe rappers, and I think that is an export from American culture. I mean, YouTube is American. I guess that's what you could say. Well, all the famous YouTubers are American. All, all the biggest no, influencers. That's not true. Are, what? All the well, famous the, the YouTubers that, are not American. Wait, the one, you're saying the that ones because that you're the one just watching over here, them. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. And so are most Australians, the people that we're talking about right now. Okay, but I'm talking more globally than English-speaking audiences. Like, Turkish gangbangers are not watching whatever the fuck. Yeah, I know. I wasn't never talking about Turkish gangbangers. <laughs> you're you saying were, that America is uh, exporting it to all of the rest of the world. Uh, I think I was specifically talking about Amer uh, Australia, but maybe okay, maybe I slipped up there. Can we talk about a well, service that will let you watch gangsters wherever they may be? Yeah, finally. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jordan was waiting episode. for this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look! If you if you want your gangster rap American <laughs> or German or Swedish or South African, it does not matter because ExpressVPN is going to allow you to check out all the gangster rap that your heart desires. It doesn't matter what country it's being uploaded in or what country you happen to be browsing the internet through because ExpressVPN is going to allow you to change your location and access whatever content might be restricted wherever you are. Look, we get, we get the creed of 2023 now, don't we? That streaming services are kind of a scam in a way mm -hmm. because they just block half the fucking content because of stupid for no reason for no reason really like stupid licensing or just it doesn't make any sense at all no sense at all so why are you paying for those things while only getting half of your money's worth and why are you browsing the internet unprotected every time you connect to an encrypted network such as a cafe, a hotel, an airport, any hacker can get on that network and go, oh, look, it's your personal data. That's mine now. We might have a guest on this show right now who would very much appreciate not having his personal data out on the internet. I don't know. Either way, ExpressVPN is going to be a great option to buff up your 
potential internet browsing functionality. Secure your internet data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash official. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash official to get an extra three months for free. ExpressVPN.com slash official, extra three months for free. And now that you have saved that money, getting those months for free, would you like to save even more money? Because with Honey, you can do that. If you like shopping on the internet, well, you're a modern, ordinary human being. Because, I mean, look, malls are dying, brick and mortar stores are closing down. It's just all online. Why go out? Why have a limited selection of whatever's in stock? Why not browse the entirety of a storefront? But while you're doing that, why pay full price for anything? Let Honey scan the internet for promo codes and other coupons. And you don't have to do the legwork. You don't have to do anything. Just install it on your browser, click the little drop down while you're shopping, let it save you some money. We at the official podcast use Honey for everything. I mention this probably every time. I buy cables constantly. I just had to buy like nine fucking aux cables for an audio thing I'm setting up. And let me tell you, the, that shit adds up. Don't pay full price for that stuff. There's so many vendors that sell those things, and there's so many discounts floating around forever. Honey doesn't just work on desktop, it works on the iPhone as well. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could straight up be missing out, and by getting it, you're doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com official. That's PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com official. There's really no reason not to. It's yep. just, it works. It's, it's just easy. It's free. It's, fr it's free Why money. Not? Um, yeah, so where were we? What were we talking about? Uh, I can go uh, back to the topic of free, of free money. Um, I watched the video that you did with Boy... Is it Boy Boys? I always, I always fuck up the name. I call them channel. the Boy Boys as well. Yeah. And uh, they seemed <laughs> quite uh, pissed off at that. And so now I do it on purpose. <laughs> but I think, yeah, it's Boy Boy, apparently. Boy Boy, that was it. I always fuck up the details on that name. But I watched the uh, money laundering video you did with them at the arcades and casinos and that. And it's pretty astounding how you could walk in there with T-shirts that say, I'm here to launder money. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, the staff doesn't step in. But what really blew me away is the other patrons don't care at all they're just zombified on their machines and i'm wondering i you, you know you guys jumped into that a little bit and talked a little bit about that what was the atmosphere like doing that in the casino itself when you kind of figured out that no one was going to stop you but more importantly that no one else even seemed to care or was even paying attention to what you were doing the only person that did there was this really scary massive security guard that came up to us uh, turned us around and was like, what do you boys think you're doing? And then he saw it was me. I was like, oh, friendly Geordies. Can I get a photo? <laughs> oh, right, what are you doing some so. prank here, are you? Oh, <laughs> man, you had to choose my venue, didn't you? Run <laughs> along, scamp. He was just, <laughs> was, just he kept laundering money. Yeah, he should have led you to the <laughs> VIP money laundering section. Yeah, just giving you yeah. like a really sweet deal, honestly. <laughs> I don't know if you can get more of a sweet deal. It's just like a, an immediate return. I mean, even if you exchange True. money, you lose a lot in the currency exchange, yeah? Like, there, there is no loss there at all. They don't even take 
kind of like a transfer fee, nothing like that. It is just pure, there you go. Now you've got your receipt, it's official money, done. And then you go on your merry way. Uh, I think, first off, what I remember about it is just being extremely scared because it was, it was just fucking terrifying doing that video. But then after a while, we just were walking around and realizing exactly what you realized that no, one no one's stopping no one. us. Yeah. yeah. And then I think I could speak for both Alex and I. I think we forgot we were wearing the shirts and then we were just putting in <laughs> money and being like, oh, this is boring. Hurry up. It's taking too long. Yeah. It's got to be an easier way to clean money. The yeah, these poor yeah. criminals. <laughs> the part, yeah, $50 the part dollars at a time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The part that's also really striking to me is you go through all that and no one cares, no one notices. The people who do notice are just like, ah, oh, haha, that's so funny. But walking up to the cash out clerk with a stub for $5,000 in change and they don't yeah. even blink. They don't <laughs> even care. Because it's a daily occurrence. Oh my God. They all know that that's the game. It's uh, It's gotten to that level. And uh, these, these are how most of these... Look, I guess you could say that the Catholic and sports clubs of Australia are like the Yakuza. They started oh. out noble and look but at But they do they a good palmy, Jordy. <laughs> <laughs> where else are you going to get a $12 chicken parmigiana? Yeah. We, oh, we yeah, well, they, no, Okay, well, I think that actually the money laundering has helped out with that because back in the day, they did not do a good palmy. But now I think they hire, <laughs> they have the money for good chefs. You, oh, sorry, you guys, you guys probably don't even know what a palmy is. It's, yeah, just yeah. think of like we, a we chicken about schnitzel this on the last with one. lasagna on it. Huh? Yeah, we. this was our main topic the last time you were on the show. All the chicken parmies. <laughs> right. Was it? Yeah, with that politician who was obsessed with them, remember? Oh, oh you're, right. you're right. You're right. Yeah. Holy fuck, why did that come up again? That's so weird. Anyway. Yeah, billionaire magnate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but that's that's... These clubs now, they used to kind of offer a social service and you go there and you do your little under leagues football teams and yeah. you'd go there and play lawn bowls. But now you just go there and there is just a bunch of zombies Hopies, pressing a yeah. button, slowly losing their life savings. It's a, it's a very different atmosphere to what I remember when I was 12 years old going into those places. Oh, 100%. So you've noticed it as well. Oh, yeah. So it's just, it's just like... It's, it's just like all of those clubs have turned into a really shit Vegas with no fun water fountains out the I, front that look like the Leaning Tower of Pisa or something. Huh? Jordan, Jordan, I think we were just kids. Like, I, I think it's always been that way. We've just never realized it. Like, my family has been addicted to poker machines for as long as I remember, basically. Like, they are those zombies. So, I was oh, always no, no, like... Well, they Yes, uh, well, pokies and, and gambling addicts absolutely exist. Oh, yeah, if it, if it ruined your life, you would know that that is one of the most socially damaging products there is. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, it's, it's genuinely disturbing. I don't think um, we're quite putting it in, in the right perspective for the Americans because, like, to do gambling over in America, you have to go to specific locations, right? Well, like, like an Indian casino or something. Yeah, it depends Either on those on the reservations state, yeah. or Vegas, right? It depends it, on the state, yeah. What, what's the deal with an Indian casino? Why are they so famous? Uh, they're they're contractual no uh, negotiations between the Indian tribes and America as kind of, it, it's like a long, complicated history, but basically one part of it is, oh, we're sorry we kicked you out and fucked you over. 
how about you make casinos to get a bunch of money back and and you can do it and we can't how's that that work oh okay so it's kind of like this lawless gray area kind of like uh starting a radio station back in the 60s in like international waters it sounds like kind of like reparations right like hey here's this free money hack it, it's, it's over the revenge well it. they are literally a money machine like you they can't are. get a better business than a casino i mean really we used can't. to have a media mogul here called kerry packer and he was uh he was a, he just owned all the press here and everything like that Years ago, he just switched over to casinos, and does he own stars? He's is, never looked back. What, is, what, is, what does he own? No, he's a. I think he's a crown boy. Oh, I think crown? that's the one okay. that he owns. Man, you want to hear something really What's scary that I heard boy? about Crown Casino? Oh, it's the, 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 it's, the casinos over here. It's terrifying. You can really see that casinos are sort of like the U.S. military industrial complex of Australia. Like they, they really own this place. Uh, Along Sydney, I would have to say it's one of the most beautiful cities on earth. I'm not being biased there at all. It's just a fact. And, no, it is. Um, it is beautiful. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but our skyline used to be incredible. And then, you know, oh, Kerry yeah. Packer got all those exemptions. And you've seen it, right? That new, yeah. ugly, like, yeah, let's make Sydney Dubai too. And then they just make this huge just this building, like... Monolithic skyscraper right on the harbour. Aren't That's the kind of money we're talking about. Destroying... Aren't Australians also, I think, statistically the world's biggest gamblers? With the highest losses, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, massively. I think a big part of that as well is that gambling is almost illegal in most Asian countries. I think Asian countries have it exactly right, where they say, our citizens aren't allowed to gamble here, but if you're some mark from another one, we've got a casino for you and you can just empty your pockets there. I isn't that why? Isn't that it. why? Like Macau? Is it Macau? I think. Um, yeah, Macau. Or Hong Kong. One. One of the two. I, I think it's both actually. Hong Kong and Macau are like so. They're like um, tourist hotspots because of all the gambling there. They're, they're like the Las Vegases of the world, basically. Yeah. Um, but with those Crown venues, this used to be a thing in Melbourne. I don't know if they've got it anymore. But Crown also has like a similar skyline building that's terrifying, and it looks almost a bit like that pyramid at the beginning of blade runner with all of yeah. the fire just coming up at the beginning that's what it looks like it just dominates the entire skyline and it has actually these fire displays that come out the top of it at night every hour huge yeah. you can Fuck, see it throughout the entire city <laughs> that's pretty fucking yeah. awesome <laughs> that's <It> cool <laughs> i know i know that's what i think every time i see it as well it's just like it's dystopic but no one didn't say that dystopia isn't rad yeah, people love yeah. cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, it's very cyberpunk. It's sick. But they used to have these floors, these uh, rooms. And I remember someone worked there and it was just this kind of mystery door in the toilets. And someone that I was talking to asked their manager once, what are those doors for? <laughs> and they said, quite often people kill themselves in the bathrooms when they lose too much money. And so this is an easy way of getting the body out without disturbing the rest of the gamblers. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. There's, there's a death tunnel. There's so many deaths there's that death they have to tunnel. install a door. Yeah. To, like, On multiple oh levels. 
Now, I don't know if they've still got those anymore or got cleaned up because then they did have a commission into it and then they had some recommendations like, uh, all right, just stop making the fire go 60 metres in the air. Let's just keep it to 50. People are killing themselves because the fire goes too high. Yeah. So yeah. That was the issue. It's too high. <laughs> so what's the, what would you say is the public opinion on this in Australia? Do most people just ignore this, not even know about this? Or yes. are they pissed or... No, they're 100%. pissed. It's just, it's never really bubbled to the surface. What's happened recently is because of the guy that we covered a lot, that Troy Stoles dude, uh, he, like most whistleblowers, he really put literally his life on the line. Like he has been hassled to the point, and I actually truly do believe this. I know a lot of people always say that this is a pseudoscience and whatnot, but I really do think that you can be stressed to the point of becoming terminally ill. And if anyone had ever had that situation, it's that guy. Now, he might have gotten cancer anyway, but you cannot say that it didn't not make the situation a lot worse that his former employer, Clubs New South Wales... Now, this is the guy that was supposed to be going around to these venues and checking if they're complying with anti-money laundering laws, and then he found out that... I think it was the stat is 97% of the places just aren't, and as, as you <laughs> saw, they're clearly not. Um, yeah. Anyway... He went out and complained about it. Now, this is the whole thing. When people always say uh, with conspiracies and all this stuff that thousands of people have to be in on it for the conspiracy to work. And I used to always sit there and think, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No one wouldn't not talk. But now when I see this regular pattern, say when we do things with the Australian military or uh, you know, clubs New South Wales, huge government projects of billions and billions of dollars just getting illegally sucked out into some pork barreling project. No, there are thousands of people that are involved in these, in some instances, or at the very least hundreds, that just shut their mouths and keep going on with their jobs because no one wants to lose their job. And yeah, if they 100%. do, yeah. And if they do say something like Troy Stolls did, they make an example of him. They try to ruin his life with a bunch of slap suits that are obviously bullshit, but especially our court system here, uh, I think you can really see the difference between our court system and America's court system with the, with the Johnny Depp trials. Like there in America, if you want a camera, you're allowed a camera in court. Everyone gets to see what's going on there. You want a jury, no complaints whatsoever. Here, because we have the same court system that was you know, there to stop people making fun of the King of England's crown, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's still just the same one. Yeah, like, nothing's changed. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changed. And so, you you know, if you get dragged through the court system here, your life is very easily ruined. This guy lost his house, went through a divorce, suffering with terminal cancer, uh, and the whole time he's just getting dragged in the press... Uh, all kinds of threats on him uh, had to go into hiding as well. But you, you mean this, this, it, the same the same press that was owned by one of the people who owns all the casinos? Yeah, yeah, it's a coincidence. <laughs> that is such a wild coincidence. You also mentioned something that I always I also found very interesting in the firebomb follow up video. You mentioned that there is a law from the 1700s still in effect in Australia today where if a politician says something stupid in parliament, parliament. or something, yeah, yeah it, can't, it can't be used against them. 
Yeah. That's fuck oh anything. Anything they say in Parliament can't be used against them because it's protected speech or whatever. It's protected uh, by some clause in the in the our constitution or whatever our, our legal system. Um, so yeah, basically what happened, right, Jordan, was like uh, John Barillaro, the guy that was suing you, said something in a parliamentary hearing that you wanted to use as evidence, and you weren't able to actually use that as evidence. Because he said it in Parliament. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> despite there being a transcript dumb. available that we can show right now. Like, you, you could go to the judge and just be like, I can Google this in five seconds and show you an official transcript that our tax money pays for, for it to be documented, of this man. Now, I'm not allowed to say, I've got to be very, very careful about what I say here, but saying things in Parliament. And then you go to the courts and then the judge will say no, because he said it in this special magic room here. <laughs> Everything that he said can't be used. The confession uh, is so dumb. Well, you know why? Because it's the same. The, the reason is like you, you Americans, uh, you really don't know how good you've got it on this one thing, right? Like I understand your healthcare system and stuff's a shambles, but uh the when it, when it comes really to don't. free speech they huh? really don't dude I, I completely agree with you like i know the american legal system gets a lot of fucking shit deservedly but they also have these few little perks that they never stop to actually think about how much it improves their lives for instance i think oh, so you've got the same thing I, i'm from germany but i'm now yeah in yeah, yeah, America. yeah and for instance in germany we don't have double jeopardy laws we also don't have juries so you can be convicted of something and it's entirely up to the judge to just be like, I don't like your face, fuck you, life in prison. And then if you like demand some sort of a retrial, they can literally go, oh, never mind, actually double life in prison. Because there's no <laughs> double jeopardy laws keeping them from it. They can, yeah. like the German government wow. can sue you as many times as they want until they have the results that they want it. It's like little what, small guys, fucked up uh, shit like that. Hang on, so there's no such thing as a jury in Germany. It doesn't exist. Not to my knowledge, not that I've ever heard. That is incredible. Because you here, in Australia? you can have a jury, but you have to beg the judge and pay the price of a fucking Tesla for the privilege of begging him. Uh, <laughs> but you can, at least, there's a possibility that you can get it. Uh, so that's, what is that's the, incredible. What is the purpose of that law in, in effect? Like, why would you well, have that, that law the, other than to well, protect politicians? There's no purpose now. There's no purpose now. Mm. Well, no, well, yeah, there is a purpose for it, absolutely, but uh, well, it just doesn't yeah. benefit the general public at all. But uh, <laughs> the, the the reason that you, uh, you know, obviously, you know, your Bill of Rights, you've got free speech, right? Uh, our system is based off ye old British system, which is that there is free... Because, you know, everybody always talks about how amazing the Magna Carta was. Really what the Magna Carta was was the Lord's of England getting more rights for themselves off of the king, but not for the commoners. So in the House of Lords, they gave themselves free speech if you're a lord. So that's what our system is based off today because they've kind of, they've changed their names and whatever, but, you know, the, the, you know a, a British version of the uh, Senate is the House of Lords. And back in the day, you had to be a lord to just be yeah. in the Senate of theirs. And so it's ours is based off that same system here. Um, and so if you are in Parliament, in the eyes of the law from basically Shakespearean times, <laughs> you have free speech and no one else does. And so defamation laws really was... 
pretty much there because we're a convict colony. Uh, really there to just punish someone for, I don't know, making fun of a governor or something like that. And, uh, you know, doing something that's actually more punitive than putting them in prison, which is bankrupting them and dragging their name through the press. And back in the day, the press was the only avenue of, you know, societal communication. So if you had your name dragged in the press back then, then whatever they said about you, that's true. Your life's over and you have no money to fight it left over. So the, the entire point of defamation laws in this country is to just bankrupt someone for pissing off a lord. And that's how the courts see it. Um, so, Basically, yeah, like, in our country, exists. we don't really have free speech. It's kind of just, it's it's always just this technical grey zone that goes to judges. And then, yeah, you know, like what you were saying, Kyra, it's, a, you know, if a judge doesn't like you, like in my defamation case, pretty much because YouTube got rid of the downvote button, he did extreme things to the law here that pushed it into the realm of like, fuck, am I getting tried in Guantanamo Bay? Like, it's getting pretty pretty insane. (laughs) And they can. And they can do it here. It's just, yeah, I I don't know. Like, uh, because America's so paranoid of the King of England, it seems like their entire legal system is based off of stopping the King of England from having all these rights, while ours is just based on the King of England having all the rights, I guess. Well, yeah, lords in general, politicians yeah, and in lords. general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a something that I don't think most people think about it, in Australia is how how protected politicians are from like yeah we, we we talk shit about them and everything, but there's really just an extra level of rights afforded to them above everyone else. That's just kind of um. I guess subtle. It's like, it's pervasive. It's like, you don't really recognize it, but it exists. And sadly, Jordan here got to experience it firsthand. (laughs) But I think that was it. I think it was just because I actually was just uh, putting on wigs and mocking them. And then they started getting pissed off at that. And that like broke the line. But I think that normally, and this is how good power operates, right? Like you have those implied rights. You have that power but you don't exercise it as extreme as they have on me or say Troy Stoll's. But once you do exercise it like that, you, especially in the age of the internet, and this is why videos like Charlie's is so important, it, it creates this groundswell, this public groundswell where the average public citizen starts actually thinking about it. Because in your day-to-day life, obviously, like you're working at a supermarket or whatever, like you don't have time to think about, you know, implied free speech from yeah. the, the case of 1856. You I mean, let's not get carried away. I can't count the number of times throughout like my college career where I'm studying for a test and I'll just stare off into space and be like, damn. I still remember back in the 1812 implied free speech era. Very, very often. the king comes back? Very, very often when I'm talking to people, I run through mental gymnastics and think, are they a lord? Should I be talking to them? Do they have lordship status? How protected is this guy? Should I curse this man? You don't think about them. We had something similar in Germany a while back where a comedian wrote like an insulting poem kind of thing about the Turkish president. Now, German comedian in Germany wrote an insult about the Turkish president, and they almost had to extradite him based on some old fucking law that says you cannot insult foreign heads of government. 
the German legal system had to come in at the last second and go, oh, fuck, this is going to really embarrass us. We need to get rid of this law. Yeah. Well, th- did they do the right thing then? Like they, did they, they extradite changed that only, only after <laughs> a lot of controversy, only after like the, you know, this went viral. Like you were actually well, going that's to good. That's good, right? That's good. Yes, that's, yeah. that's what should happen with that's what that's what should happen with old laws right like they change with what society uh wants i guess or what society thinks is right well like the, yeah like yeah. it's they you see this is this is where it like you get into like a really nuanced technical argument about the law but our system in australia is based off of common law which is it's based off a bunch of precedents of what judges said in the past which is that's got its own problems. Like a lot of the times in my court case, and obviously I can't show it, which is why I was just sitting there just like while Johnny Depp was going on in his case and it was just the, you know, the, the, the case of uh, world controversy and ire and all that stuff. I was like, yeah, he's a lucky son of a bitch though. He, like people get to see what's going on. But, yeah, nothing's uh, hidden behind, behind like closed rooms and stuff like that. Yes, but mm-hmm. what would you would notice this recurring pattern over again, which is that, precedent which is just what a judge ruled at whatever time in the past this is why they're just dragging out laws from fucking you know the stone age essentially just anywhere that they can um judges it seems to me use these precedents of what a judge said before in the past when it suits what they want to do and then when it doesn't suit them then they just make a new law and a new precedent so it does it does have and then that becomes the precedent right uh, but I think that that was actually a better system than what we have now where they're getting rid of all of what is common law, like all of these things that judges have figured out between themselves over hundreds of years. Now what's happening is we're moving into uh, people in parliament that are just completely politically motivated wiping out all of those precedents because they've just figured out like, oh, politicians can make laws now as well. And so they just wipe out hundreds of years of judges arguing amongst each other. And then they just say, this is the new law. I don't even have a degree in the law. Like John Barillari doesn't even have a fucking uni degree, but he can just go into just make any piece of shit law he wants. There you go. That's the law from now on. I think that's what's happening to uh, the legal system now and it actually, it's actually far scarier because it's just because they, they do it all the time right like they'll they'll just wait for uh, something to just get snagged and some judge along the way along like it just keep going up to like high court and then they'll say no I think that this is you know insane we're not going to pass that you know I've got these precedents from the past to back me up if you, if you get a nice judge that can happen but that can't happen anymore. Now they're just like, now politicians, because they have that right, they can just be like, these are the laws, you have to follow them to the letter. And so it can go all the way up to our version of the Supreme Court. And then those judges are just like, fuck, my hands are tied. You're going away for jail for 20 years. And that's that's what happened to the whistleblower that we're talking about in the Australian Defence Force. Like he's... Uh, that's another interesting one. Yeah, that's, yeah you've, you've been hitting a lot of things recently. And that was, I watched that one with my with my girlfriend and we were just like, uh, just shocked, like beyond belief, really, that this was something that happened that we our eyes weren't open to, basically, because the media does such a good job of like just clouding everything. Um, and, yeah, shutting you know, up we, about it. Yeah. Well, you should have yeah. seen it. We were there on the day that there was this huge historical uh, judgment that was happening 
of the same, pretty much the same thing, really. Is this man going to be able... It's not even a jury, actually. It was like, uh, is this man even allowed to have witnesses in this case? Is he allowed to bring up his own witnesses? And then the judge, because of all these piece of shit rules, was just like, no, he's not even allowed to have witnesses. Uh, the prosecution <laughs> is. The prosecution is allowed to have as many witnesses as they like. You're not. Right? And so then they were just like, fuck it, we're going to have to, you know, it was, it was a big kerfuffle. Anyway, like a huge thing happened in court that day. And there was a bunch of press there for another uh, press controversy that, case, a darling press case that I won't get into now. But they were all there on that same day. Uh, and David McBride was walking out. This is a man that's talking about, you know, very serious stuff of Afghan kids basically just being used as some kind of like shooting fun game Range, like they're yeah. a fucking duck getting hunted or something like that to, right? to give some to and, give some uh like I, I don't know exposition for the boys here and people who may not know uh he's basically a whistleblower against like australian war crimes right yeah 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 like very very serious stuff that happened in afghanistan um and yeah that day a huge press scrum for this other case that, yeah, it was a serious case, sure, but it was pretty garden variety. Like, it was just a normal court case that was happening. It was just big press attention around it. And then he walks out after this massive ruling that I've decided that defendants aren't allowed to have witnesses anymore. <laughs> Not one camera on him. Just us, just being like, so how did you think you went in there, mate? That was it. It was just it was just your team. Just my team. Him. Oh, there was a couple of other independent journalists there. They, they they got their little like piece on the note, but all the big outlets, mainstream media, yeah, all the main ones there. Not one of those massive this cameras that they I, still have on their shoulders. I, I hate the arguments that if you let any camera near the courtroom, it may sway public opinion, which then mates uh, might affect the court ruling or the judges or the jury it's like oh yeah but we can let a gaggle of like these subhuman journalists into the room and then we'll unleash yes. them onto the public to tell the story they want to and that apparently exactly. will not sway public opinion fuck you no no yeah of course not yes no because they're trained you see they really they you know, <laughs> yes, they, they, they're they trained degree, to right. be objective they have restraint yes they know what's yeah. best for us <laughs> they know the facts that we are ready to hear and to conceal the ones we're not ready to. They're real good at thinking. And you know what else I think <laughs> is like such a crock as well? We are. <laughs> you know what else is like actually something that I've noticed about when you're in court as well? Uh, <laughs> Only you the... could say that sentence <laughs> since you've been in court every week of the last six years. Have anything else noticed when you've been in court recently? <laughs> that, uh, it's been getting a little fishy. I've never even seen a fucking courthouse, Jordan. <laughs> you're living in them. <laughs> Yeah, that actually, to bring it back, was like quite a Jerry Seinfeld open, wasn't it? Just like, <laughs> do you ever get that feeling when you're in court? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was, uh, you, you sit in there and you realize, yeah, okay, these, these lawyers and judges and barristers, okay, they might be some of the smartest people that society produces, I'll give them that. And they, and they can speak Latin and they can make you feel like an absolute imbecile. And as soon as you get in there, you have to bow to the judge. And, you know, he... he Thank he, you, dearest like, Lord. It's just the, the insanity of this one sentence of him wearing... Because they still wear those old school judge yeah, wigs, wigs that you guys... In Australia, so they still wear that stuff. But then they all have like very pompous British accents. And there was one 
line that he once said was, I find uh, Jordan's uh, accents and wigs to be quite silly. Well, wow, he's wearing. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> what an asshole. Is there a reason they still do that? Because, like, why? Why keep the powdered wigs and everything? Well, we, yeah, we, we know. Hey, hey, it's hey, the 1700s. Yeah, let's not. Because yeah, it's still the 1700s in there, yeah. But also, like, let's, let's, uh, let's keep that. I'm a big fan of those wigs. <laughs> True, yeah. Sorry. I don't want to take the fun out of court. I, my, my, yeah. I don't That's the only the way the Jordan goes back is for the dress up, for the pageantry. Yeah. But like you have all of that and like they're, they're you know unbelievable speakers, all of them are amazing orators, but and, and they make you feel stupid and then you leave the court and you're just like, Wow, yeah, I must have really done something wrong. I mean that man was sitting in a very tall chair. And uh, you think about it afterwards and you're like, no, that was fucked. Like they completely just haunted like a guy's politics. Like, you know, exactly what Charlie just raised. Uh, They proved in court that someone is not a liar by saying you're not allowed to point out a document where he is, and I can't say it, obviously, but, you know, there's <laughs> contention about that, you know? Like, that's how they can get around this stuff, but it's just like they're just so... It's, it's like this it's, it's this parallel universe where you go in there and everything is just, like, so inverted that these kind of, like, things that the average human being, when they see it, like, you find any schmo on the street and you'll be like, do you think it's fair that this guy gets to not point like point to a document like an official document of this person's testimony and they're just like no that's not fair at all you know like but in that universe because they're just so good at rationalizing it and they just live in it right they live in this 1700s time bubble it makes perfect sense in there but it's just like that is not how the real world operates at all Mm -hmm. it's so divorced from reality they haven't adjusted with the times absolutely i don't think that ever made that law ever like passed the sniff test basically like i think that was always pretty corrupt obviously um it was just protecting lords so i don't think it ever yeah, made yeah. sense for the common but like, people but just getting to kai's point like if you if if the average person was able to see what was going on in there yeah and oh, i swear yeah. this is why this is exactly why in the dev case you had the exact opposite result in the uk as you had in the us i swear it was because the public isn't in there just being like this is insane well, Absolutely. another good example of this, well, I guess this isn't a good example at all, to be fair, unless you're just treating it like a spectator <laughs> sport like I did, I suppose. Uh, there was a criminal, and I can't remember if it's Darnell or Daryl Brooks, but he was the guy who, like, uh, he did some heinous shit. Uh, we don't have to get into how awful his crimes were, but they publicized he was, he was the insane, entire... right? That's the insane yep. guy who drove his car into a crowd, yeah. I, oh, yeah, right. he's, so he's the guy that drew the car into the crowd. He's also the one that had the rap music video with the car in it, which is how they immediately identified that he was him. They publicized Smart. that. In t- yeah, they it was crazy. They even played the song in court. And he's like, can you at least turn the music up? Because they played it muted. Like it was it was a wild <laughs> case. The, the point I'm making is publicizing those things, I think I think is just like an integral public service. 
so that way people can see like how the process works because even in a case like his there was a brief moment where the judge got emotional which led to it being almost a contentious case of was this judge fit to try this man which i found to be just absolutely outrageous because watching it he's representing himself he doesn't have a lawyer he is representing himself and he is yelling he's screaming he puts a box fort around himself three times and then they have to keep taking <laughs> the boxes away from forts him. To yeah, hide himself. He was making, he was making <laughs> little forts to hide himself. And still, even with all of that, there was a slight chance that they, they, they were going to rule that it was a mistrial because the judge got emotional for a second because she had to keep taking away his fucking boxes. Like, and if that had happened, <laughs> next to it all being publicized, the outrage Fuck. would be unreal and people could see, like, there is a problem if the, that was the case. Whereas if it happened behind closed doors, you don't have that luxury anymore, is the point I was trying to make. Especially no, it's in big cases perfect like sense. that. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You could, I don't think there should be cameras there should be, of course, in like small shit if you're trying to protect the identity of like a yeah, woman absolutely. being abused by her husband or shit. But if it's a huge case like you know, Daryl Brooks, OJ Simpson, Kyle Rittenhouse, Johnny Depp, yeah, 4K, 60 frames per second, please. <laughs> all recordings should be public because i do not trust a single reporter on earth to tell me what actually happened in that courtroom not one i would jordan are there transcripts at least available of your court sessions like are those now, into the, into how's, the public how's record? this for the next move right our liberal party which i suppose is the american version of the republicans but it's not it's not really the same like the, it's it's different down here but just to give people like a scope i guess uh but you know there's love privatizing anything they possibly can get their hands on you used to be able to go to the court registrar and say can i get this transcript and they'd say no worries that's fine because it was a government service right like you were in court that's just your right as a citizen you pay for it there you go they privatized that so oh i got God. a transcript but you know how much it cost me seven grand are you fucking kidding me Wait, to so get your own transcript to get to my get own transcript. Like it's a fucking Disney, Disneyland like souvenir. When, <laughs> when did they do that? When did they make that private? What the fuck? Recently. This is any time they're in. They just like... whatever they can get their hands on. The next thing they're trying to privatize at the moment is water. I mean, how much more fucking evil can you get than just like, yeah, we're going <laughs> to give water to a company. Um, I, that's actually incredible. Yeah. But they privatize court records. Yeah. It's yeah, they privatize the court records. So it's just like, it's a. Sorry, go on, sorry. No, I was just going to ask, what are like the privacy laws? So if I have seven grants, can I buy your court transcripts or how does it work? I'm not sure. That's never come up. No one's been that interested in my court transcripts. Because that's but... another thing where I think it's the same thing as with the cameras in the court system. You know, I think for large public cases, they should be available. But again, if it's like, just you getting divorced from your wife that shouldn't be available to anybody no matter how much money they well have. no i think everything in the criminal court should be public um like I, i'm fine with identities being like uh censored i think there's ways to do that while you protect the um anonymous nature of of like witnesses and stuff like that but i do think it's in the public's best interest to make all those cases uh Public it's in some criminal, respect, yeah, right? but people go like most court cases aren't criminal. They're just petty disputes between neighbors. And yeah, this no, is why you I, know, I don't see uh, yeah. America again. One of the things that can be criticized about the the system entirely is that it's written by boomers who still live in the phone book era mentally. So you can access anyone's anything. This is why like lolcows immediately have their marriage licenses leaked and their court transcripts. 
onto like websites and then people make fun of them. Hey, you know what? Actually, since we live in a, as Jordan said, since we live in like a common law era, or at least did, I don't know if that changed. It's apparently. changing, yeah. Yeah, it's changing. Maybe, yeah. But we, it, we did at some point live in a common law society. In that case, I do think all all court records, even civil ones, should be public record and easily accessible since they are dictating what the law is, right? Because uh, like the precedents from those cases then become law, essentially. Um, so I think that in that case, it is important to be able to access every single court record possible, really. I, well, maybe this with the names kind of, redacted, I, I don't believe that you have a right yeah, to... Yeah, names redacted, I'm fine. Fine. Yeah, I guess kind of to piggyback off this whole idea, because I find this whole concept baffling. Let's say I pay for your transcripts. Like, like, let's say that is something I can do. I have your court transcripts. Can I publicize those? Like, could I reenact your court case or would that be an issue? Well, you could. You're American. Now now you're getting into really... You're getting into very dicey territory. Let's just say this. I wouldn't advise you to do mm. it because you could get, you know, the the uh, hammer of Thor rained down on you. <laughs> now, what about... That judge's mighty gavel. What yeah. about, like, uh, skirting the issue, though, where you don't, like, reenact it or say it verbatim, but you say, okay, this line is summarized meaning this, and this section is summarized to say this... Now that is the smarter way to do it, but again, that's still, that's like still really, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Look, if you are ever going to do that, if you ever want to uh, troll someone that hard, get a lawyer. Just, just ask a lawyer first. Yeah. <laughs> well, are they fine to do it regardless because they're in America, right? Huh? Yeah, actually, I think <laughs> they'd be fine. Yeah, I think they could just buy yeah, it for a while. Yeah, could we? Could we just do this for you and then just do all the work and publish it <laughs> yeah, on our channels? channels and fucking John Barilaro reaches out and he pulls some strings. We're in fucking Australia standing trial. <laughs> could you use the small penis rule? Do you guys know that the small penis what? defense? <laughs> This is an informal thing that I heard about once and I thought it was a joke, but it's apparently an actual thing where if you're trying to like clown on someone, let's say you write a book and you're one of the bad characters in the book is based on a real politician that you're trying to make fun of. You can say, well, he has a micro penis. He's a piece of shit politician and he believes this, this and this. And he said this in court and in parliament. Also, he has a tiny micro penis. So apparently because defamation has to be like very apparently the person that you are um, defaming. And, you know, no man is going to go before court and say, this person with a micro penis is clearly me. You can try that. <laughs> That's absolutely ingenious. <laughs> that it, it, so that, I haven't heard the term penis defense or whatever, mic- micro dick defense, whatever. But Billy Mitchell, famed uh, Donkey Kong cheater, famed fucking perpetual loser, uh, he sued Cartoon Network for the regular show because they right. used his likeness in the episode where he's like a floating head. And he sued them for defamation, saying, this is clearly me, exactly what Kaya just mentioned. And a judge, the judge was like, no, this clearly isn't you. You're not a floating head, and you don't explode when people, calls you a, when people call you a cheater. <laughs> We're throwing it out. <laughs> that's wild. God, I didn't know that there was like an that actual is hilarious though, because you could you could do that to the nth degree, however much you want. You could jo- Jordan, you could sit down and make a video slanderizing any politician left and right with everything that you want to say, and at the very end, you could say, and also they have a micro penis. I'd like to reiterate it as a very informal 
think yeah, this is a thing that would actually go This is bulletproof. But in theory, actually, we have a test case in mind. No, actually, yeah, we have the theory. The theory has failed. I was forced to edit out that he's a greasy fat wogcock. Oh man! Isn't that, that, that incredible? Like all of my likeness <laughs> to him, it was just like that, that. That was actually like part of the settlement, just being like, because I, I sold keychains of him looking like a penis, right? Like just a penis yeah. keychain of him, and then they were just like, "That's extremely defamatory. This man is not a walking penis." He doesn't even I look had to like get rid of it. Please tell me somewhere in the official court records they had to like measurably determine that he wasn't actually a walking penis. They had to legally put it down. Man, I can guarantee you right now that that was one of the least funny things that happened in that defamation <laughs> trial. And yes, that did happen. <laughs> you have to be sure. God, I wish I could go into it. I really do. There's so many things that like, it's, it was just hilarious because it was just, it was, you know, the YouTube world meets the 1700s. Like it was just yeah. so incompatible. Like... You know, you can't even, like, think about it, right? Like, floppy disks from the 80s are just a fucking joke, let alone that time, you know? Like, but it was, it was, it was that world trying to rule on the internet in this day and age and a bunch of 80-year-olds sitting around there just, like, not getting the pop cultural references at all and then just being, like, to, to their advisors and stuff, just, like... Uh, what, what, what was one? Like, it, it wasn't this, but it's like, this is an example, just being like, watch a DM, officer of the court, and then he'd just be like, I'll take that on notice. And then he'd have to run out of the courtroom and he's like, <laughs> figure it out. Yeah, come back in and be like, uh, apparently it means direct message, Your Honor. He'd be like, hmm. And what does direct <laughs> message mean? He'd be like, <sighs> and then have to run out of the court again. Like, that was just, it was Hard. paused so many times because of that stuff. <laughs> Where was he running to, like the nearest university to like reach out to a committee? The young person's advisor or something. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, he was calling his son like, "Hey, Junior, what the fuck is a DM? <laughs> <laughs> this man's innocence rests on the line." <laughs> this is why they have to call an Just expert sometimes too. I remember during the Rittenhouse thing, they had to call in a forens like digital forensics experts to yeah. explain what pixels are to the judge. Damn. I get it. Uh, like, I, times are rapidly changing, and new technology is like existing at like you know yeah, an increasing rate. You can't know everything. It's so also I, I get, I get it. There has to be a balance too. You can't just go around changing yeah. the law every time a yeah. new fangled thing comes along and people demand it. Right? This is the same. Uh, you know, in America, oftentimes you hear, "Well, the First Amendment is so antiquated. We need to update it so you know to make slurs illegal." It's like, well, maybe we shouldn't do that actually, just because you're offended today. It's a balance. Yeah, that's a. It's, well, that it's was a another balancing great, act. Yes. Well, that was that was a great thing about common law. Like, as again, I said, like it has like its huge detractions, but actually, judges sitting there and arguing about it as the generations go on, they kind of catch up a little bit. But they also do have fifty years of experience in the court system, and they think, yeah, okay, well, maybe this will work, and this doesn't work, and so you you have that sort of buffer zone and breathing space to do it. It's not like this enshrined set in stone, thou shall not. But it's also got this kind of thing of like, there's a lag time to it. So you can get rid of that, a lot of the frivolities of the day, I guess. Was common law still kind of influenced by politicians and, and, you know, powerful figures though? Yeah, yeah. Like they always had this power, but then like the, the last federal government here was particularly nasty. There was, it's actually our opposition leader now, Peter Dutton. He is 
a genius. Uh, yeah. You know what? He looks like Voldemort and that classic quote of just like, you know, he did great things, terrible things, but great things. Peter Dutton. Uh, yeah, he looks exactly like Voldemort and he is a genius, but he's <laughs> he, an evil he genius. Does. He's, he's... <laughs> he really does. <laughs> Um, and he started going down that entire train. Like, he really... He, he, he looks like a clone. Like, someone that was supposed to be yeah. a clone, but something went awry. He, he looks like uh, Voldemort's in the first movie in the back of that guy's head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah Very yeah. apt. What the fuck? Yeah, he's an evil-looking dude. He's an evil. <laughs> he actually does look straight up, like, evil. Yes. I'm telling you, like, it's just like, you know... You can judge a book by its cover sometimes. Like, he's, he's an evil guy. But again, like, he's, he's that level of evil where you're just like, fuck, respect, you know? Like, <laughs> there's nothing worse to me. I've seen that level, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah? Like, the, sometimes when someone pulls... Oh, you guys in the YouTube world, obviously, you'd hate that. But, like, that's the thing. Like, when, when you see, like, a YouTuber trying to pull a scam, it's always like, you fucking idiot. But then there's, like, some people out there in the world that pull, like, such a scam that is just so, like, you know, Matrix dodgy that you're just like, yeah, it's fucked, but, like, you have to admire the art of it. Yeah, you know? it's like, it's like, like a good bank heist. It's like, you yeah, know, yeah, robbery yeah, is bad, that. but like Jerry watching Seinfeld. the plan, it's like, holy shit. Yeah, that you, kind of stuff, right? Yeah. You admire Jerry Seinfeld for his willingness <laughs> to fuck an underage girl? Very genius. In this episode. Yes. <laughs> I, exactly I just think more people need to know conspiracy. <laughs> well, yeah, apparently it was because no one's talking about it. Yeah, it's not like it was like some kind of bank robbery heist here, so I'll get her in here. That's your <laughs> next my plan. That's your next video, Jordan. Just tackle Jerry Seinfeld and all the horrible things he's done because Jackson just can't get enough. Yeah. yeah, okay. All right. If I'm any indicator of your audience space, you should really tackle the Jerry Seinfeld market, I think. Yeah, all the evil things he's done in the world. All right. So it's, it's the 17-year-old it's the thing, and uh, the last episode was somewhat lackluster. Yeah, <laughs> his, his refusal to hug. Was it Rihanna he didn't hug her at that award show? I thought everyone loved him for that. I thought everyone was like, wow, what a boss. Oh. <laughs> wasn't that the... Well, wasn't that the uh, what, is he, what does he do on Netflix? Is that fucking... Coffee with comedians, comedians cars, getting coffee. coffee. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, talk about that shit. That's fucking annoying yeah. as well. <laughs> well, you never know, Jordan. You might be the first one to dive down this fucking well and find out he's like a fucking sex trafficker with ties to the the um the drug cartels. You never know. You could be yeah, that you're first. Journalist. Let's make it that be make a it work. scoop. Holy yeah. hell. Or yeah, just make blow it up. Watergate out of the water, wouldn't it? Or just make <laughs> all this up and make a really good video first. That's what matters yeah, on the internet. Not? You're a YouTuber before you're a journalist, right? That's what's important. Come back, do an apology video, just say I may have got some of the facts wrong. <laughs> I've timestamped every incorrect fact and it's just an hour of clips. I'm sorry, I got firebombed. Make sure it's fine. Yeah, you can find it on my website, not in the description. I firebombed my Jerry own house. I just really needed a story. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld becomes an Australian citizen just to take you through our court system again. <laughs> just because it's so easy. <laughs> so petty. <laughs> Fights you in a parliament though. room so it can't be recorded. Yeah. He's a genius. You're, you're in his domain now. <laughs> yeah, becomes an Australian citizen, runs for parliament. That's <laughs> <laughs> becomes the lord of your country <laughs> that'd be huge oh man i did want to ask uh uh 
Is it true? I, 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 I don't know if you even can. Did you actually fuck in Barilero's estate? Uh, for those that don't know, John Barilero, like the most powerful man in the area, in New South Wales, put his fucking place, his residency up as an Airbnb, and Jordan filmed content there and claimed that he had sex in the rooms in the house. Is that factually accurate? Well, a gentleman never tells boys, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, dude, like, I mean, how could you not? It's too funny. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Such a, such a they hilarious... Can, they can sue you after the fact, joke. but he can't remove the, like, memories of that room. You know, once it's the done, shame. it's done. That's what as well. Like, I like the thought of him just being like, I know it was in the guest houses, but my guest houses are as big as my mansion. So which room was it? I like <laughs> him just like obsessively steam cleaning all of them. And that's why I'm always reticent to talk about it because I never want to give away the details of like the exact mm. bed that, you know, the events happened. Oh, well, you should have like... You should have fucked in his kitchen too. You should have really gone all over the house. Yeah, yeah. You should have rolled on the floor like a fucking caterpillar, just oh, going everywhere. You should everywhere. have hid something like really stinky somewhere that's really hard to track down. So he has to oh, constantly like, be like on scavenging hair vents. Yeah. <laughs> we, hid little, we hid little Mario toys around the place, so I think Aww. to this day he's just like picking them up because like our whole thing was just like yeah, we call him Super Barilaro Bros because like. We found yeah. out he got really pissed off when we talked about him being Italian, so we just leaned into it hard. And, like, uh, <laughs> dude, I think to this day, like, because he ordered a bug sweep of the house yeah. after we were there, I really like the thought of, like, SWAT teams going through and picking up little Mario toys from the coffee cup and wherever else we put them. Using, using taxpayer money, by the way. Just, just so that's on mm -hmm. the record. Like, this was a government agency that did the bug sweep. Correct, Jordy? Jordan? No, actually, I don't no, no. I don't know if it actually went through or not. Like, he requested oh, okay. it. And I think he, like, the cops were just like, that's stupid. But he was also the deputy premier. So, like, it's just like, yeah, well, I'm your boss. So fucking do it. But I'm not yeah. sure. I, I like how I mean, I'm going to assume it did. I like how they let him list his fucking place as an Airbnb. Oh, it's ridiculous. I, I can't believe there wasn't any no, like no, no, checks no, no, and balances no, no. there. Charlie, Charlie, he let himself do it. He wrote the law. He sat on the committee and was just like, oh, yeah, I could rent that. Yeah, yeah, I've decided <laughs> that that's legal. That's was like, it, I, was I it illegal before? Parts. It's just like the law didn't exist before. And so he just made it because it's just, again, it's new technology. This is why this God, is another thing that Jesus. politicians are just like, yeah, we've got to do this because, you know, technology is just moving so fast. We need to have like basic legal say of the court system now. Um, That's so fucking dumb. Yeah. That is so fucking that, dumb. That is, I, 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 this, this guy, I, like, this... you really, yeah. It's just like, I can't, I cannot understate like how unbelievably corrupt Slimy, the New yeah. South Wales Liberal Party is. Like, well, John, John Barilaro, you've done a fantastic job of like really shining a light on him specifically <laughs> to almost a comedic level. Like, like uh, one, of, one of the most interesting things at the moment is that he's retired. Um, jo Jordan has basically bullied him out of his political career. But before he left his political career, he set up this fancy cushy uh taxpayer paid job basically through the government um what, what is it like envoy to to new york basically like yeah a trade, uh, trade. commissioner 
yeah, in, in New York. And he's given himself that position post-government, uh, like, retirement. Yeah, and how's this? He's, he's so incompetent that he didn't qualify for the job that he invented for himself. And wasn't the... So he had to change the criteria again. So it was just pretty much like, um, were you Premier for 10 years? Yes. Okay, you qualify. Well done. I'm the only one that... And and wasn't it completely blatantly, transparently bullshit too, where his starting salary for that position was like half a million dollars or some shit? Ah, yeah. That's the... Well, actually, see, this is something else. I don't know if this happens in America a lot, but in, in Australia, we're always whining about politicians uh, getting like a huge amount of superannuation or I think it's called 401k or something in the US when they retire. Retirement mm. fund, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't, know, I don't know if they get like a huge pension when they retire in the US out of politics. They don't need but... to. They get bribes. Yes, well, see, this is the thing. If you do not have that pension, you've really opened it up for bribes massively because it's just like... I, I I never really thought about this until I really started getting into politics and like talking in these circles. But like, if you're a politician, you have to spend your entire life from say, I don't know, university days, grinding it out in all of those branch meetings, figuring out the political ecosphere. And like, yeah, they're very smart at maneuvering their way through that system, but that's a very specific skill set that is not applicable to virtually everything else. And so then they leave, they had all this power, they had all these connections, all of a sudden, it's really sad, like one of our opposition leaders at the moment, uh, you know, unemployed, has been for two years. It's just like, this was a very accomplished, intelligent woman that has like no employment prospects anymore. But because she's a good person, she's not doing anything dodge with it. But you can very, if you are a dodgy person, it's very easy for you, like John Barillaro, to sit there and say, like, recently he, uh, there was that footage of him beating up a cameraman. <laughs> and he was saying, I can't face court because of my mental health. It's always his call card every time. Oh, mental health. Yeah. I've got depression, you know? Yeah. Well, you fuck in his rooms, Jordan. What do you expect? He, yeah. he will never let it go, too. That weighs on him every day, I promise. It, it's insane. I, I, thinking about that, actually, now, I can see why that's so disturbing. Like, if I... If my if my schoolyard bully came and fucked in my house, I would be livid. That would, that would be the most disturbing thing I've ever had in my life up to that point. You're a sick man, Jordan. No, you're right, actually, <laughs> Jackson. That, no, that is fucked. You're right. I never thought of it that way. Um, no, continue. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if it, like like with him, for instance. Uh, okay, so his trade commissioner job got completely destroyed, and again, the only reason it got destroyed is because once he's no longer useful to the press ecosystem, because for 10 years, he's not corrupt, he's not corrupt, how dare you say he's corrupt, I'm going to sue you, how dare Friendly Geordie say that, then two weeks later, oh, all of a sudden, hey, he's got this job that he qualified for himself that pays 500 grand a year. Who'd have thought? Um, But that failed. And so on that day that he's saying, I can't face court for beating up this cameraman. I'm the true victim here because my feelings hurt, not this man whose back has been permanently misaligned and can't work for the rest of his life. It's me, John Barillaro, permanent victim, quote, unquote, also said this, I'm the unluckiest man in New South Wales politics. He's got the biggest victim complex you could imagine. Um, But anyway, on that day, 
He's also applying to Clubs New South Wales. So that's the uh, gambling, gambling peak yeah. body that we were talking about before. He's applying to that to be their next CEO on the same day. He's mentally unfit to face any punishment whatsoever, but he's ready to go with one of the most stressful jobs in the country. He's, he's, he's fine for that. He's absolutely fine. But that's what happens when you don't give politicians a pension. Uh really they're just going to move into lobbying groups because that's really just their only employment prospect after I'll, I'll they leave office. I'll be honest with you, I think they would still do that even if you did pay them. Yeah, I think there's an option. Both is an option. Yeah. Yeah. But if you were giving, because those jobs are about, what, like 300, 400,000 a year, if you were giving out those pensions of 300, 400,000 a year, uh, why would you bother? On you just job. sit on I your mean, ass, right? I don't know if American politicians get pensions, but they do get a salary. Let's take the president, who I think it's like four hundred thousand a year, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, yeah, four hundred. Like Obama was president eight years. Eight times four hundred thousand yeah. is not seventy million dollars, which is his net worth. And sometimes mm. you have these mm-hmm. politicians who were filthy wealthy uh, to begin with. So I feel like it should be either oh, or. Well, if you're going to be in the private sector, no taxpayer should pay a single cent to your pension or anything or your salary. Fuck off. But if you're well, completely unemployed, then I would understand. I think, look, it's not, it's not going to be a perfect system. Absolutely. Like, they'll definitely... And, you know, if you're a president of the United States, I mean, you can make a speech for a million dollars. Like, it's a... But if you're just some, like, no-hope of bum that no one's ever heard, you know, some member of Iowa or something like that, I think you could probably coax them out of going into these jobs that are extremely damaging to the public. Like, yeah, you could be right. When you get into, like, it's, it's, again, it's not going to stop it entirely. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I but think it's, it's an optimistic. out. It's an out. There's something I think there. If the, if, I mean, I think that's just really optimistic. I, th- I think most people in, in politics, uh, like, they would get the free money and then they would want more. I assume they would spend their time. Yeah. And I think, I think you're right. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Yeah. Would be like, if during their actual service, their tenure, we paid them insane amounts of money, a life of luxury, and then when they retire, we retire them with the death penalty, just to make sure that he <laughs> cannot be corrupt. <laughs> but like again, like I don't, I don't want to say this because like you know there are obviously a lot of politicians that go in there to build a better world, and then they don't go into lobbying, and they're extremely smart people a lot of the time, and. You know, if they chose a different path in life, they could absolutely be ranking it in as some, you know, evil corporate lawyer or... They're definitely smart enough for that, you know? Like, they could go into that. Sorry, it's just I always need to make that one point because, like, I, I really don't want to just spread the whole idea that, like, all everyone in the system bad. is, like, corrupt yeah, and they're are, all in on it. You are far more all... charitable than the rest of us, especially in your position. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just because, like... I've, I've been there. Like, I know that, like, you know, uh, along the way, there has been lawyers and there's been politicians, and uh, this is the one that I'm really reticent to admit, journalists, none in the mainstream press, but independent ones. They've risked a lot for me. They didn't have to. It'd be a lot easier for them to just shut their mouth, go along, pretend it's not happening. But, you know, like, the opposition... Yeah, I'm sure there are good ones. Well, yeah, definitely, right? Like, it's... Because uh, I think the whole thing with... It's, it's probably the same. This is what I think when people always say it about like the police or they say it about the military or any position of power. 
it's obviously going to attract Hollywood as well as a good example, right? It's obviously going to attract a lot of psychopaths because yeah. there is power there. But there's still, it's just like a disproportionate package in comparison to the rest of society. So uh, like, but there's, there's still. That's yeah, that's the issue. It's disproportionate. Like in your Hollywood example for every, like one Keanu Reeves, there's 100 Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> 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 there's but you know, like, like it's just, I, I, I don't know. I just I, like the world is a better place because human beings got together and started like hammering these things out in parliament instead of just staying in caveman tribes and chucking spears at each other. Like it is a system that has gotten results. And I think that yeah. when you go back and you look at the world, like people complain a lot about their time and they're always just like, oh, this is fucked and all this kind of stuff. But it's like, dude, imagine living a hundred years ago. Like, holy, imagine our lives, all four of us, all five of us, a hundred years ago. We'd be shine boys. We'd be fucking dead by hey, now. I have, I have a lot of actionable skills outside of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Such as shoeshining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you, you're completely correct. Yeah. Uh, but progress doesn't stop, right? You don't, you don't. No, it doesn't it just stop. Cause... I just, I just, I think it's just important to remember that there are people in these systems for the right reasons, and they are pushing to build a better world. And it's like, I, I feel like you should give credit where it's due. And also, it's yeah, just, I agree. It's just, it's just, just so hard. Insta- it's so hard to figure out who the good people are. Like, it takes effort. Yes, that's definitely true. Especially because they usually are the ones that aren't in control of the press and aren't in cahoots, and they usually don't get the yeah. profile. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like, it's, it's, a, like it's a very thankless job. I think a lot of the time people's media uh, idea of how, like how these things work is always uh, very skewed by media. And it's just like they, they get their idea of it. So like, you know, a lot of people might think that it's like cyberpunk and stuff. And there's elements of that. I think actually the fairest depiction of how these institutions kind of function actually really is the wire. Like Mm. the wire was so perfect at like, you know, things kind of just create this kind of like, it's like a runaway system. Things start just compounding on each other and, there's all these competing interests and like, you know, if you're the mayor of something and you're just like, okay, like I'm, I'm going to be tough on crime. I'm putting more money in cops. And then there's just like, well, what the, what the fuck about the education budget? And then it's just like, fuck, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's stressful. Like if you're, if you're, even if you're in there for the right reasons, like your, your, your hand is forced a lot of the times because of all these competing interests. Yeah. And, you're, and at the same time, you've got other forces working against you. You've got, uh, public opinion you've got other politicians you've got corporate interests and stuff like that there's like a million different things working against you um and you're not going to win over everyone at the end of the day right even if you do the best job in the world you're like completely altruistic like you, you do what you set out to do there are always going to be those people that don't like you in that situation every, as well. everyone's got haters every public figure no matter how <laughs> beloved and how righteous is gonna have haters yeah. no matter what that's just being in the public right? yeah 
That's being in the public. And actually, as Jackson pointed out, yes, there is a lot of nefarious, well-funded forces because this is immediately the Jerry first thing Seinfeld. that you figure out. Jerry Seinfeld, absolutely. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you exposed him, Jackson. Yeah, that was very hey, it's brave. about time. We're going to be step one time, in a really. chain of horrible, horrible evidence coming out. You guys, you wait and see. It's going to happen. Imagine. I just want to... I just want to specify, though, that I'm only operating on information that Jordan has passed on to me. So if any lawsuits come of this or anything like that, direct them at Jordan, please. He's more versed. He'll be able to take care of that. Should be fine. <laughs> um, so before we, before we wrap up here, because we've been going for a while, about an hour and a half, um, what I, I wanted to ask you, as someone who gets his information about Australia entirely from you jordan what is the thing i should be most concerned or scared about within australia in terms of like where the country is heading good question because you because you've exposed a lot of a lot of different things like again uh i i think it's mandatory watching for most australians i would say to watch your uh wartime podcast video most recent one like i actually showed my girlfriend that and we were both just blown away by how uh, prevalent war crimes are within our military side of everything and like um, just how blasé I guess they are how open they are about uh, about it like setting up entire podcasts to talk about the war crimes they've committed as if it's like entertainment it was absolutely insane Char Charlie have you seen that? I haven't finished it yet I've started it but I haven't finished the episode yet you should absolutely watch the war like, crimes one it. It was, it was like... What's, uh, what's absurd about that entire debacle to me is at no point does any party involved ever stop and think, you know, maybe I shouldn't publicly record my admission exactly. to war crimes. 100%. That's what shocked both of us as well. It's confident, um, isn't it? Yeah. yeah it, they they it, just it, don't it even care. They don't even, like, think of it as an incident. It's just a thing that happened. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's must be an example or proof of how like prevalent it is, right? If if they don't care that much about talking about it publicly, it's because they're exposed to it on such an astronomically imperceivable level that it's so common that they don't. It doesn't even register that this is a bad thing to them, right? Yeah, it well, yes, it's yeah. You know, and I, I know the, the press are always saying this about the internet that everyone just goes off into their own little bubbles and then that becomes reality. But yes, that is their reality. And it's yeah, amazing that it's, they're not doing it on insane. one of these, like, in, you know, hidden little chat threads or something like that. It's just, like, out on Facebook, just being like, yeah, just is, killed four civilians today, new high score. Yeah, it's like, it's, yeah. <laughs> and it's not even like it's leaked or it's within certain bubbles. It's not like a, a, a small group Facebook conversation or a, a niche thing, market yeah. on YouTube well, or something. These are podcasts that they just throw on, on, Spotify. on yeah, fucking so, Spotify for anyone I, to listen to. I wasn't surprised at all that it exists. This is super prevalent right now. People film their crimes all the time for clout. Like, look at TikTok, you know, like yeah. the Kia challenge where you literally just steal a fucking car for TikTok clout. I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I'm not shocked that it exists at all. It's horrifying, well, but I'm not surprised this by is it. Complete, I think this is on a completely different level because it's it's a government body, right? This is but it's still just people. The difference, though, is that it's the severity of what's being committed here. On TikTok, 
for the most part, you have crimes that they can be resolved. Like, oh, he stole my car. Okay, I'll give it back. Oh, he beat him up. Like, that's bad. But these are soldiers admitting, yeah, I saw two Afghan guys on a bike and I just gunned them down and they're fucking dead and there's a whole international incident with it. Oopsie daisy. <laughs> Not only Afghan people, Afghan Police, police like right. people ostensibly on our side yeah. and they gun them down and then have the goal to lie about facts regarding it and then they talk about how they conspired to lie about the facts on this podcast basically yeah and how the report is full of incorrect information based on their lies and now they're just talking about on a podcast admitting not only to that crime of killing two innocent Afghan police, but also of conspiring to lie yeah. against and, and the difference, what is basically the Australian public. Like, like it's, it's totally, it's totally fucking stupid how many people will go on social media and just record and show and talk about crimes. That in itself is just super, super dumb people being yeah, stupid. it's dumb. But the difference is like, you don't have murderers on TikTok going, watch me stab this woman in the throat. Or if you do, that's an extremely very, you right. know, that hasn't been yeah. found and reported yet. <laughs> Whereas this podcast and other things like it are just stories of, hey, tell us about the time you killed that dude. You yeah. know? Are you guys familiar yeah, with yeah, prison yeah, talk? Yeah, yeah. Well, prison, prison talk is isn't public different. like that, though. Yeah, they're, and they're already in jail. Yeah. <laughs> been, yeah, prison talk in, it originates in prison. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah. What's so interesting about this guy is these people are so like, like I said, blase. Like they're, they're just so open with their crimes because they don't face so any punishment. Because this is, yes, this does happen a lot. I mean, are you really surprised that war crimes are a thing and that soldiers really don't? No, give I'm a not shit surprised war crimes are a thing. I, I remember no, I think the same thing, Kai. Like, I actually crimes. do agree with that. Like, I'm, I'm not surprised war crimes exist. What I was surprised by is... How brazen they are. How they're covered. Yeah, yes. like, but also yeah. just how they're, like, covered up by the higher apparatus. Like, you know, the, the, the insane thing about this situation is... Because it's exactly the same thing. I'm like, yeah, okay, war crimes exist. And also, it's just, it's a war. Like it's or not, accidents it's, it's, in war happen, right? Like, yeah, all the time, right? Obviously, yeah. right? Like, it's, it's not an ideal situation. Let's put it that way. But... What is insane in this scenario is you have David McBride who is doing what he's supposed to do, report the war crimes, what he's legally supposed to do. And he is the one getting punished. He's the one getting dragged through the courts where they're making up all these new uh, you know, insane uh, stretches of the law so that they can prosecute him for this. And then these guys are just openly bragging about these horrific crimes, like really... Like just there's there's the malice government. behind it as well. It's not just like a I'm accidentally killing someone. Like a lot of the time, it's like no, no, we're we're killing civilians on purpose. Fuck them, you know. And then like then and then, then planting evidence on their bodies to justify yeah. it. What was the it's uh, like bragging about it? Dave and then they, they don't get any punishment at all. They just it's it's completely covered up. And, and so my it's whole thing up. is just wasn't like wasn't there look, a um wasn't there a very similar story of an Australian war hero? who was like loved by the press and everyone was like, oh, he's doing a great job and he's running these operations and he's a great guy. And then they found out that he like body slammed a, a disabled man and then shot him nine times while he was on the floor. Oh uh, yes, you must be talking to Ned Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's right. Now, sorry, it's earlier in the morning and I've forgotten. Like, but yeah, the, the name is, I'm amazed that you know that. That is very yeah, that is a, deep. I don't know what I he's talking about. Who, who is he talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Let me see if I can find yes. the name. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I've forgotten it. Let's see uh, well, here. 
Jordan, you were about to say something, though. I, I wanted to hear what you were about to say. About what? What was I going to say? Fuck, I don't know. Ben <laughs> Robert no. Smith is who I'm talking about. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that was him. Now, this is, this is a recurring thing that happens in the upper apparatus of the US military. Because, yeah. like, as, as McBride was saying about how the military operated when they were in Afghanistan was the entire time they knew they were losing the war. Because it's that same thing all the time. It's like once, once you're an invading force and you are trying to occupy, like if you do not win the hearts and minds of the public, uh, you're just slowly going to get eaten away by attrition. I mean, it's just fucking Dune, isn't it? It's like the movie Dune. That, that was Afghanistan. And so, yeah. like, uh... <laughs> yeah, I remember the sandworms of Afghanistan. They were a big problem. <laughs> hey, that's nothing to joke about. Okay, that was that was terrible. That's true. There's a podcast <laughs> where I could talk all about it and laugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, like th th that's what was happening th throughout the entire time. So really, what generals' jobs became? I don't. It's probably the same in the U.S., but in, in an Australian sense, was to just. They just turned into really PR consultants. There was very little strategy that was happening there. They were mostly just thinking about how they could sell it to the public that they were winning. That was the main aim for at least 10 years of it. And so what doesn't show that you're winning very quickly is war crimes. So they would be hiding them all the time, trying to excuse anything that they possibly could just to keep any attention away from what was happening over there. Uh, so it's like built that culture in to the military system. And on top of that, it's just like, you know, if you're a brass general or something and you covered up war crimes, it's not going to look good on your resume, is it? So yeah, it's not going to look that's good what happened on your there. governments in general. Yeah. I mean, the government hates no one more than somebody who rocks the boats, you know, whistleblowers. Yes. Yes. Shut the fuck yeah, up. It's dangerous. That yeah. And so, yeah, that's how, that's how, like, these huge apparatuses, when it's just a thing of, like, you know, I, I, now I just really don't like that conspiracy theory argument, as I was saying before, that, like, huge apparatuses do cover up atrocious things all the time. I think... Oh, easily. Yeah, you should easily. just be aware of that, you know? Yeah, like, and everyone's in on it. Everyone just shuts up about it. The, well, these things shuts do up, happen. And then if they don't, they get made an example of. Again, look at Edward Snowden. And the fucking information yes. he shared in 2013. What was his thanks for being a patriot? An actual patriot, but branded a traitor because he sided with the American people instead of the American government. And now he lives in exile with death threats yes. looming over his head. Yes. That's what happens. So, yeah, you are disincentivized to rock the boat. Massively. I mean, when you're a whistleblower, you're going up against these enormous institutions and you have no real recourse of winning over people's opinions. Whereas, like in many cases, they have the media working on their side, general, uh, the public interests and stuff like that working on their side. You are like, you are a drop in the ocean, essentially. And uh, that's why whistleblowing is just so insane to me that it even happens because it flies in the face of any kind of self-preservation, really. It is actually one of the few uh, It takes a remarkable person. Yeah, it takes an actual hero. It's 100%. one of the very few things that still make you a hero. You get nowhere. And these are, yeah. Absolutely. Like, you, man, you do meet these people like Troy Stolls and David McBride, and 
it's it is remarkable how selfless these people are and they're kind of like good humored in the face of the very serious circumstances that they're in uh you you do get the feeling very quickly when you meet them that that is a very special human being i suppose it's almost like the exact opposite of like you know there's there's a bunch of psychopaths in there i remember once reading this stat about the military and they were saying that uh, you know, obviously they try and get psychopaths into the military because that's the best person that you'd want in the in, in warfare. But there is another people, type yeah. of person that's kind of like an opposite psychopath that sees their uh, platoon or whatever like getting under em- enemy fire. And when they're in that situation, they'll do truly heroic things to try and protect the platoon. And they try and attract that person as well. It really is like a real yin and yang of humanity, whistleblowers, and then those people, you know, bragging about killing people on on Facebook. Well, it's not like I I get it because you're trying to attract the largest pool possible, but in an ideal situation, you'd only want the people in the the second the second category, right? Well, well, there's also there's I I do actually understand the logic behind it. It's it's like these are dangerous human beings there's just that certain population of human being and they even admit it in this video when they're talking about bragging about killing people and stuff they say at some point you know like hey this podcast is just to let you know that uh you like violence and that's okay so in their mind it's it's not about they're not going overseas to you know spread democracy defend their country it's none of that it's just I like shooting guns and killing people. Like I like doing that, and I want an excuse to do it. Yeah, I believe I believe that like uh, the message with that was, hey, everyone listening who's a, you know an ex, uh, what do you call it, ex soldier or whatever, uh, a veteran, uh, go over and fight in the Ukraine war because you like violence and that's okay. Yes, I think that was the message with that. That was it. And so it does make sense until Minority Report exists, I guess, to just pick these people off that are like, I don't know if you guys have ever met someone like that before where you just kind of shake their hand and you're like, this guy could kill someone. <laughs> you know? Every time I shake Charlie's hand, I think that. Yeah. No, you don't. I'm a weapon out there. You got to be careful. <laughs> have you guys ever actually uh, shaken anyone's hands who you think could legitimately kill someone? Yeah, fuck yeah, I've done it, for sure. Oh, I know you have. You, you're daily, <laughs> daily at this point. I don't know if I've ever uh, shook someone's hand and was like, yeah, this guy could absolutely murder another human being and take their life or anything. All right, let's, let's move it back from there. Have you ever talked to someone for a while and been like, mm, something's a bit off about them? They, you know, they... Has that ever happened to you guys? Like, this, is that... Uh... Well, I, I have shaken the hands of someone who I legitimately think could or has uh, potentially killed people. Like uh, one of my one of my friends, uh, his dad was a was it or is I don't I'm not sure actually if he still is, but he was a bikey a bikey biker. Um, so like I I think that's a possibility for sure. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So I have. What about well the American guys? Yeah. I, I actually have the opposite issue where I'm terrible at recognizing that, where I've had friends where I thought, oh, that's a, <laughs> that's a great guy. He's a really nice dude. And then later they'll just be arrested for really terrible things. And I say, oh, really? Fuck. Yeah. 
Um, do you, I had do you a, have any examples so that a, you'd yeah, be willing yeah, yeah. to share? Um, I don't know how much details I want to give, but I was in a and d group for a while, Dungeons and Dragons, and it, it was... Uh, I, I like how the concept of just playing D&D is funny, but um, it was a, you know, just normal group of dudes, some nerdy folks, just talk about video games and fucking shows and bullshit and just hanging out and play the game and whatever. And uh, our DM, the leader of the game, was like a, a nice dude, it, just friendly. I hung out at his apartment a few times, played some games, went out to hang out with, dude, you know, get a beer, whatever. And uh, we, uh, we stopped playing, and about three or four months after the group kind of stopped getting together, he got arrested for having sex with an underage girl. Damn. And just had absolutely no idea. There were no signs, there was nothing about him. Nothing he said in conversation, No, nothing he did when he acted. Nothing. You didn't notice came... you were playing D and D with Jerry Seinfeld. How's that possible? <laughs> but it, it just came completely out of nowhere. I just had absolutely no idea. I only found out about it later through the grapevine, and was fucking shocked. It's it's interesting that you had a situation in D and D because one of the only few times where someone like I <laughs> met or knew did some like weird, goofy, like not good shit is D&D. I've only played one real huh. campaign and my DM was Arcadum. You know the guy? Oh, yeah. 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 Right. And he did he did a lot of weird shit. If you play D&D, did you know him specifically though? If you play Not Dungeons and Dragons well. out there, be wary of your dungeon master is what we're saying. <laughs> they there's some bad people. I mean, Arcadum though, was a dangerous game. Didn't he just talk shit online? Did he actually do something? No, he he was like a no, he, he, did he was a stuff. weirdo. No, he was a weirdo. Okay, I thought he was just LARPing as an anime antagonist. I don't know he... No, that's just like the most infamous clip about like, imagine the devastation I could cause if I if I was a little <laughs> different and gone down a different path that wasn't D&D &D and showing people the light. Yeah. Jeez. What about, what about, what about you, Kaya? I'm sure you've met some people. Kaya told the story about how one of his friends is like an actual terrorist, right? <laughs> oh, or his, his dad. No, yeah, but my uncle, friend, he, he went down the fucking incel hateful pipeline, but I don't think he could, like, kill somebody or hurt somebody otherwise. So you've never met someone that you would, you would say could kill someone? Not to my knowledge. Well, that's surprising. That's I don't know. the most surprising I, thing of this episode. I hang out with nice people. <laughs> Fair enough. And just to bring it full circle, <laughs> Jordan, I'm sure you have, but... Do, do you can you think of anyone off the top of your head that it was the most insane? I, very unrelated to all of this, <laughs> there was a lawyer. Oh God, I'm gonna have to be really careful about this. But there was yeah. there was a lawyer that was the go-to guy. You know, like in The Wire, there's that guy that looks kind of like George Costanza that all the gangs go to, and he's just like, just shut the fuck up and don't tell the cops anything. That guy, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was that guy. He was that guy. He was he was that guy for uh, like bikies and stuff here, uh, and. Again, it's 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 that level of evil genius. He was just constructing a a legal network that I can't get into. That was uh, you know truly phenomenal in like how it operated. Uh, met him once. Had the exact same feeling as this other person that I was uh, 
like, uh, you know, acquainted with at the time. Uh, there was also a lawyer. And I remember both of us after we just briefly talked to him, just looking at each other afterwards and just being like, that guy doesn't have a soul, hey? And we're just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> fuck. The, that, that was something else. That guy was the scariest human being I'd ever known about. And at that point, it was kind of just like, you know, just day-to-day scandal and stuff like that. And then that whole big network thing came out a lot longer. I think you there, there are certain people that you meet and you just like... No, the they're just, they're just in, yeah, the aura is just, yeah, it's just like, you just, something's not functioning in their head, right? Like it's, there's all, or, or something's like shutting off in their head. There's, there's some, it's not like meeting most people, but anyway, like, I think that that's the whole thing about militaries and it's, it's, uh, they, they do suck these people up and if there isn't a war on, uh, they kind of just keep them safely in barracks and give them something to be violent about like it, it kind of does channel it away point, yeah. from society i've never really thought about militaries uh in that in that way like i guess i've always been optimistic in the hope that the people uh protecting the country or operating throughout the military are good people not doing great acts of violence for their own enjoyment i guess that's just kind of been how i've operated but it would make sense if the military does uh, try to find people who do enjoy it to some degree and while that's concerning I think you make a good point that keeping them removed from society uh, might be a good thing I mean eventually they have to come back though right and we haven't really done anything to treat the underlying issue there we've really only encouraged it well yeah but generally these kind of people they're, they're lifers right it's the same as just people that keep wanting to get arrested to go back into prison because that's the life they know uh, those people generally do stay in the military. Um, but yes, they can just walk out and then they have much worse tools under their belt. There's another actual crime instance of that in Australia of a uh, guy that was just like at our high version of Navy SEALs. And yeah, dude, like he just went immediately into the underworld and became their go-to guy and was like a ruthlessly efficient killer. So yes, that can happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's insane. Uh, this all started because I asked what I should be scared of in Australia, and <laughs> I don't feel like I've got an answer yet. We kind of like tangentially went off into uh, war crimes and stuff. So did, did you did you have an answer for what I should be most concerned about for Australia's future? I think it's Just kind so of it's it's actually similar. Yeah, well, it's it's similar to globally. I think it's what you should be really scared about, which is. Uh, Look, I like being scared. All right, let's hear it. Globalization as a, as a general concept has been, you know, obviously there's been great advantages because of economics and trade and whatnot. Something that has been a huge downside of it, however, is in most uh, developed democracies, there usually is one party that represents organized labor and then there's one party that represents the business community or capital, yeah. I suppose. That's usually the divide in most politics. Um, that's still the case to this day however capital because it is now truly global is now representing interests that are completely foreign so when we're talking about someone like John Barillaro the big crime about someone like him is just like how the fuck is because he's supposed to be representing rural New South Wales this man that lives in Sydney Harbour 
has Kim Kardashian Botox lips, carries around a man bag, <laughs> flies on a private jet. Uh, you know, like the most urbane man I've ever seen in my life has his little macchiata coffees in the morning. Like, and that's supposed to be the man on the land. That would not have happened, uh, you know, 30 or 40 years ago. The reason it has happened now is because when, and, and it's the same reason, it's just like, I mean, look, we can talk about it. It's very interesting when you talk about uh, individual criminals and crime and all that kind of stuff. But the real crimes that are happening here is massive, massive environmental crimes that you that, that just permanently shifted like river systems that have been running the same way for tens of millions of years. And because you have representatives like John Barillara that are just rubber stamping all of these cotton farms that are just absolutely draining water, which is so scarce in Australia, where you have these huge company uh, cotton farms owned by multinational companies that they just sit at the very top of that river they suck all the water out of it and then there's no water for the rest of the farmers no water for the rest of the environment that's why we have yearly fish kills here now um like uh you know towns without water uh and in years of drought as well this happens right like that has just completely shifted water in this country that's terrifying land clearing rates up there with brazil under yeah, Bolsonaro, Brazil, right, yeah. Brazil level land clearing in a developed country, uh, pesticide sprays, pesticides that have been banned in the US since the 50s. And it's not like the US is a is a leader in uh, uh, banning pesticides. Actually, the EU is the leader in it. They're not perfect on it by any stretch, but, you know, like they're, they're doing leaps and bounds over what Australia is. But like things that were banned because of that book Silent Spring, if you guys have ever heard of it, of just like, you know, just completely fucking ecosystems entirely. That going into the water, killing all the fish, uh, increasing rates of, uh, you know, terminal diseases in communities, um, uh, killing off all the insects, uh, killing off native plants, like just destroying ecosystems, right? That's not banned. Uh, all of these things were controlled when it was under a Labor government because Labor is still represented by Labor. So, like, you know, unions. So you've still got connections to the community and workers that they're representing there. So there was regulations yeah, some on kind these of connection. things. Yeah. There was regulations on these things. Uh, as soon as you go to the Liberals and Nationals now, uh, look, it's, it's very evident when you go out to rural New South Wales, you look at all the farmland, it's basically just run by robots at this point. There is no man on the land anymore. It's basically a myth. It's run by, mostly, massive multinational companies that have just bought up all the land, make it run these alien entities like cotton, completely suck the environment from it. Um, and that's how people like John Barillaro, who has clearly no connection whatsoever to rural Australia, but he's the, or the leader, common man in or the common man in general, but he's the leader of, you know, the battler in the bush. It's because there is no battler in the bush anymore. They've all been pushed out. Now, before there was always, like in every country, there's always like your local gentry. There is what we call in Australia bunyip aristocrats, the people that own the land there before, but at least they had a connection to Australia. When Australia and its, and its resources and its land just becomes a balance sheet on some company that exists in fucking Brazil or Hong Kong or, uh, you, know, a, a, you know, Berlin or whatever, um, they don't give a shit. None. And so now, and, it comes, and it's exactly the same with the Liberals and just approving all these developments in Sydney of now 90% of apartments in Sydney uh, have like serious defects in them because they're just not having any regulation on it whatsoever. Just slap them up as quickly as you can. 
well, we massively overpriced apartments. We see that in America as well. I'm, uh, I'm sure you Charlie, would. I'm sure you would. Charlie, Charlie sees this in America as well. He's currently going through a phase of not wanting to ever drive over a bridge because <laughs> of how, <laughs> how horribly fuck. they are repaired. That was a big or, topic like, of our episode last time. Yeah, yeah they Scared don't. They don't. What, what is it? They don't inspect their infrastructure they, of bridges anymore. We've re- seen it with the. Yeah, they recognize stuff. that the majority of bridges right now would fail an inspection. So instead of fixing it, they've just stopped doing inspections so they won't fail it. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, we that get is, um Well, it's a cheat code, I'll give him that. We we <laughs> get these cracks in the bridges and the infrastructure, and their whole job is to look at those cracks and go, are they wide and big enough that this bridge might collapse? I don't know. Instead of actually doing yeah. something about it. I think that's how like yeah, I I think infrastructure is a sh- across all governments now, right? Well, no, because this is why I'm saying, like, don't get despondent about this, because when you go and look at the nitty gritty of it, like in Australia, I can't speak for America, but in Australia, like the Australian Labor Party, everything that you can accredit, like Medicare, all these regulations on these pesticides and like making sure that the rivers are running, um, you know, like huge infrastructure projects that built this country. It is all attributed to them because they are funded by workers instead of companies. But that now, but back in the day, and this is the credit that I would give the Liberals and Nationals back in the day, is that at least those companies were Australian. At least those big, wealthy investors were Australian. So they yeah. still had a stake in the country. Like, okay, I'll give you the classic example. The reason that we, like our last Labor government was ousted was because he wanted to start taxing our resources because they're ours. So maybe that money should be going to the public that owns those resources. That was what he wanted to do. And massive multinational companies own all of our mines. And so they were just like, fuck you. They didn't even give him a single term. He was cooed. He was replaced with another (laughs) prime minister. And that was the reason that that happened. And it's it's again because... but, But... who was the one mining magnate that was backing it and saying, yeah, paying a certain amount of tax instead of all of that money going overseas, going into the public coffers is a good idea. It was the one Australian mining magnate. All the other mining magnates from other countries were just like, fuck you, that's interfering with my profit margin. Uh, get rid of your prime minister. You know? Yeah, that, that's the yeah. divide that we're experiencing now. So it's just like, it's, it's back in the day... Capital used to be a lot more friendly because it was within the country and they could see the effects of it eroding their country. But if you never even visit the country, like, you don't care at all. And so that's... that's yeah, that's a really good point. Yes, that's what I think you should be terrified of, is just that... Is other countries. Yeah, other countries. That's exactly it. Just, just close <laughs> off the borders. That's what I took from yeah. that. <laughs> Let's close the borders. <laughs> and that's why COVID was the best time in human history. Yeah. <laughs> well no, said. <laughs> No, I think that is, I think that is like a really good point though. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I like there is a, there is a real nastiness that the Australian public saw in the last liberal national government federally. Like when there was the bushfires happening here and our prime minister just fucked off and went on vacation. While Rome was burning. Not even Rome. The entire country was on fire. Yeah, the entire East Coast was on fire and he's like off in Hawaii, basically. Yep. Doing business. Living living it up. Yeah, that's fine. Came back and they said, Would you want to be in the country if it was on fire? I didn't think so. True, true. He he needed a calm environment to handle the crisis. So he went to Hawaii. Which was his excuse. That's what he said. I I can think better here. Oh my god. Well, he could. Uh, I mean, it's hard no, to think when shit's on fire. The country was on fire. Are there fires now, Jordan? Are there fires now? 
He solved it. This is something that Charlie always gives Australia shit for, rightfully so, honestly. I don't really have a rebuttal for it whenever he brings it up. But whenever we talk about... Well, whenever I I talk about how great Australia is to live in, and I still do uh, think that I still would probably rather live in Australia than anywhere else on the planet, honestly, personally. I don't know if you feel the same, Jordan, but that's how I feel. Uh, um, Japan has its merits, but yeah. Well, Japan's cool, but I don't know if I would want to live there necessarily. Um, but <laughs> Fair. Uh, with all the Yakuza around and such. Um <laughs> He, he's always, so Charlie always talks about how we are basically like killing the Great Barrier Reef, one of our biggest <laughs> yeah. national heritages, like one of the most iconic things about Australia. And we are just ripping it to shreds and poisoning it and killing it for no apparent reason to him. Well, um, damn, good on you, Charlie. I'm glad that you're bringing attention to that because that's a huge 100%. crime. 100%. It's, it's so it heartbreaking. It's a crime against every Australian. Well, it's, it's also it's a crime that has... Her- I can't even... Like, I can't find a single reason. It's just like they're waging war on the Great Barrier Reef for no cause. It's like a personal grudge. Like, he cut his foot on the coral there or something, and now all of a sudden the government has to take it down. Like, for years. Well, it's mining, right? No, like, I, I've been trying to figure out exactly, like, what the purpose is, and I can't find any, like, conclusive... Maybe, maybe Jordan knows more than I do, but... For everything I've read, like they don't have a legitimate reason other than just wanting that land, like like the space of where the Great Barrier Reef is. But it's not like they're going to build fucking Rapture there or anything like Bioshock. So I don't really get it. <laughs> well, it's just the same. It's like similar. Well, okay. Look, sixty percent of the destruction is just climate change, and the Great Barrier Reef yeah, will yeah, just yeah. go. But like, th- th- there's well, we elements can make the of other forty percent us. Yes, and we are proudly well no see this is again the same thing is like when the liberals and nationals were in in queensland which is their that that state uh they approved your state they approved levels of land clearing like we have in new south wales again that rival brazil that is especially bad in queensland because all of the runoff of all this dirt goes immediately into the great barrier reef from all of the uh uh, freshwater systems it just gets dumped into the great barrier reef soil that soil starts growing a japanese introduced species actually which is the crown of thorns starfish or, yeah, or crown of thorns. I've, I've spoken about the crown of thorns on the podcast at some point it's like a plague essentially it there's no easy way to kill it right if you cut it up it just spreads into a whole bunch of other different it's an alien thorn. it's an yeah, alien it from a sci-fi creepy. film it's scary but it, it thrives. It thrives off of pork water quality, which is all of that runoff into the soil. Like that, that's <laughs> making that's fucking the Great Barrier Reef up. And it is again a deliberate decision of the Liberals and Nationals to relax regulation on land clearing. That was the effect of that. They also approved huge docks all along the Great Barrier Reef that again were protected under a Labor government. But it was a deliberate decision of the Liberals and Nationals to approve these huge megaports that just have massive ship barges going across the Great Barrier Reef all the time. These are things that could be easily preventable. The other thing as well, we don't have the money. They, they say it costs a billion dollars a year to keep the Great Barrier Reef healthy in like the best that we can given climate change. No, we don't have the money for that. But they do have you know, billions of dollars to give away to uh, these mega farms that are sucking up all the water in terms of like tax handouts, tax write-offs, 
oh, you, you, you want some infrastructure built for a road so it's easier for you to access the farm? Yeah, here you go. There's a billion for that. They absolutely well, have the if, money. What about the money generated from all the fucking ports that you're building across the Great Barrier Reef? Surely that Could that go back into income. it maybe? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Could it? Jesus. But no, it couldn't because again, what do the Liberals and Nationals do with those ports all the time? They fucking privatise them. They sell them off. They build them and then they sell them. Yeah, that's basically, it sounds like what the Liberals uh, are good at is cutting up little slots of America or big slots of America and then selling them to private entities for a profit. Absolutely. And uh, So the reason yeah, the Great just... Barrier Reef is getting killed here is purely because they, they just don't give a fuck. They do not care. It's, it, it's remarkable how little the Liberals and Nationals actually stand for anymore. It's, it's gotten to that point where it's just like, do you have any convictions at all? They used to be the party of free speech. I mean, look at how they fucking behave to whistleblowers. Yeah, agreed. It's it's insane. All right, I'm rightfully scared now. I'm I, I'm gonna have nightmares for a long while. Thank you, Jordan. No worries, <laughs> boys. Anytime. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming in here and bringing us da- back down to reality. Uh, no. Are you guys scared for me? You Americans and Germans? You'll be fine. I'm tough. not afraid of anything ever. Yeah, you'll be tough. All right, sweet. All right, sweet. That's good. Good to know. Um, Jordan, thank you. It's been a it's been a fantastic episode. I feel like this might be an episode where we've well, I've learnt the most anyway. It's been very interesting. It's so a top you. ten Which episode. Which is insane for because sure. you're in Australia. You should know. Yeah, this I need to know the stuff about the place I'm living. <laughs> it's amazing that Charlie knows more about it than you. Like way more as well. It's concerning. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it, I think it is a thing with uh, like my generation. I don't know how old you are, Jordan, but I'm 25, yeah. 26. Yeah. Sorry. So I think it's a case that I've been raised off the internet, and the internet is primarily American content. Or at least it was when I was growing up. Absolutely. So yeah. instead of watching Nine News or Ten or any other like mainstream media, I was on YouTube or American media in general. So that's where I got all of my information from. Um, so I was just far more interested in that than I ever was of Australian politics. That's definitely or Australian, fair. The Australian scene. Well, it's definitely something that you like. It's it's better. Let's put it that way. Like I'm much happier that people are getting their news from Charlie, despite the fact that he doesn't you know, he's not here. So obviously he's not covering it all the time and stuff. But like the, the fact that he's giving his audience the uh, tools to, you know, disseminate what they're seeing and like being like, just think about it from this perspective and, and that kind of stuff that just wasn't available when I was growing up. And that's all you had was the mainstream press because to this day, when I get slammed in the papers, sometimes on a daily basis, I sit there and I'm like, well, the font looks all old timey. And it's in the paper. Maybe I am Must an asshole. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, dude, it's, it's just imprinted. Well, it has that institutional prestige, right? This is what our parents believed in. This is what our grandparents believed in. It wouldn't still exist if it, if it was bad, right? That's like the that's the mindset. Yeah, there has to be some kind of validity to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, um, you guys need to go. Sorry, I'll, I'll let you go. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and educating me and sharing some goofs and laughs. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on again. Uh, please let us or let our audience know. I know where to find you. Let our audience know where they can find you so that they can also uh, follow along with the zany saga you found yourself in. Friendly Geordies. Uh, okay. I don't know. That's <laughs> Yeah, dude, I, I'm not tech literate at all. That's how I find uh, yeah, myself. I'll, I'll let them know. So it's Friendly Geordies <laughs> on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's Friendly Geordies on Twitter as well. 
I'll put links in the description as well so you can go find him. Uh, if you've got, I know our audience is primarily American as well, um, but we do have some Australian people in our audience. So if you want to get an insight into Australia, uh, like I have started, um, yeah, definitely add Friendly Geordies onto your list. I, I know most of my friends, Jordan, like most of my friends in my generation, they all watch you and, and they're enormous fans of you and such and, and always following along with what you're doing. So I do think you're making an enormous difference um, on our culture. And that's, you know, I think that's worth so much. So thank you for that. Um, well, thank yeah, you. So go, Tell go them watch. thanks. That's very yeah, nice we'll, of them. We'll and uh, every view counts <laughs> when you're in a tiny market like Australia. So <laughs> Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you've done a great job. Um, yeah, uh, that's it for this episode. Thank you very much for joining us at home. Um, Patreon.com slash the official podcast for bonus episodes. If you want to hang out with us some more, we've got hundreds and hundreds of episodes of bonus content over there for you to listen to. That's patreon.com slash the official podcast. Otherwise, go watch Friendly Geordies and enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks for watching. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.